is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show. Happy Thursday to you. As always, a pleasure to be here Oh, you guys, it's cold. It's rainy out. It kind of feels like that whole summer thing is over now. Yeah. Jake and I battle about this all the time. Would you rather go snowboarding or golfing? Yeah, we're on different pages there. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. And again, you guys, Halloween is just a mere two and a half weeks away in The Advocates are trying to raise money for uh, homeless kids to have Halloween costumes. They are partnered with a group called uh, The Road Home, one of the foremost homeless advocates in the country. And I cannot say enough about the work that the advocates in The Road Home are doing. And I just ask you today, if you have a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, there is the uh, Venmo for the advocates. Please take a screenshot of that and just zip them a dollar. Quite literally, if you have a dollar, five dollars, it does not matter. Do what you can do because imagine a 10-year-old kid that's homeless. Um, homeless kids are subjected to so many difficult conditions, whether that's, hey, what am I going to eat tonight? Where am I going to sleep tonight? Uh, are they sleeping in cars? Are they sleeping in vans? Are they sleeping in shelters? Let's give them a couple of hours of normalcy, of innocence, of fun on Halloween. Donate to the advocates on Venmo. They will give that money. 100% goes to the road home to provide uh, Halloween costumes for homeless kids this Halloween. In the notes section, if you wouldn't mind just saying the Monty Show homeless kids, the Monty Show Halloween costumes, any of that would be great. There it is. Screenshot it. The Advocates working with the Road Home to provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids. Well, it seems like another day uh, brings us another update in the Pac-12. And it's been really interesting to kind of follow this story over the last 10 days because as we've told you pretty regularly, the Pac-12, which is really the Pac-2 versus the 10 exiting members, have been working very diligently to avoid going to court. And I was told this afternoon, just before the show started, that there is, in fact, headway being made between the PAC-2 and the 10 exiting members towards a settlement on what amounts to a financial disagreement. But John Wilner at the San Jose Mercury News today uh, had some details and some color to support the things that we've been reporting here uh, for several weeks since this story really took off. And I think one of the main arguments in this situation is, What, in fact, are Oregon State and Washington State entitled to when it comes to who controls the cash and the assets in the Pac-12? We have told you from the jump that uh, from what our sources are telling us and what we have reached out to attorneys that we know and asked their professional opinion on it, most people feel like Oregon State and Washington State based on the past actions, what most would call precedent in the Pac-12 was that Oregon State and Washington State are entitled to be the decision makers in the conference. Today, we got an update on that because in court filings, uh, John Wilner reported in the San Jose Mercury News that George Klyovkov, under penalty of perjury, testified that the day 
USC and UCLA dropped that bombshell on the conference that they were going to the Big Ten. They were removed from the Board of Governors. As we told you, Oregon State and Washington State are using that specific situation as the really foundation for their argument that they should be entitled to control the assets and the future of the conference. Well, also in this filing and in testimony from George Klyovkov, we find out today that that is exactly the same behavior in writing that was put toward Colorado when Colorado told the Pac-12 that they were in fact leaving the conference to go to the Big 12. Phil DiStefano was removed from the Pac-12 board of directors. So as we've been saying, Jake, in my opinion, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but in my opinion, it feels like Oregon State and Washington State are in the driver's seat for the future of the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the direction it seems like it's going. And I think it's a fascinating situation. You know, obviously, you know, that that USC-UCLA situation is a great reference point for where the conference is at right now and what they're truly fighting over, which is control and money. Uh, and, and I think that Oregon State and Washington State have a compelling case, no doubt. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing is, is you know, kind of gets sorted out because clearly they're making headway in negotiations. And I don't think this thing ever gets to a courtroom because I don't think the remaining two members have the kind of time to go through some long, drawn out six month, you know, court battle, if you will. Um, and I don't think they have the money to do that either. At the end of the day, the, these two schools, Oregon State and Washington State, would like to negotiate this thing out, get through that process, get a settlement done, and get the most out of that settlement that they can possibly get so then they can go chasing the Mountain West and execute that plan that we've been told that they have, you know, largely penciled out. There's an understanding of what they would do and how that would work and, you know, uh, you know what the branding would look like, where Gloria fits in and all that. So they obviously are prepared for that situation. So to me, I, I look at this situation, and again, I'll just keep saying, we've never seen this in college football. We've never seen it in college athletics uh, ever. And that's what I think is really fascinating about this. And Oregon State and Washington State are doing exactly what they should be doing, which is fighting for every single penny that they can get. So to me, I look at this situation, and I just simply say, yeah, they're doing a good job of of fighting that battle. What I'm really curious about is where the 10 schools who left, where they draw the line in the sand on negotiations. What are their must-haves? Like, is there a, a money number? Is it more about assets? Like, that's what I think is really going to be interesting when we talk about these two negotiating because the two that are remaining just need as much as they can get while the 10 who left are just trying to get, you know, their piece of the pie. So that's why I say they're both in two different situations. But again, this is something we've never seen. And I think we need to make sure that we really pay attention through this process because in the ACC, and I'm not saying that it'll get to this point, but at some point the ACC will once again be dealing with folks leaving their conference. Mm -hmm. I think that situation largely schools in the in that conference could take notes from how this plays out. So that's why I think we also have to be paying attention because this isn't going to just affect, you know, uh, the old Pac-12 and a reimagined Pac-12 or whatever. This is going to affect how schools behave and decide when to move their chess pieces around, if you will, going forward. Yeah, and I, I think there is a real interesting debate to be had about, you know, how do you, if you are... If you are Washington State and Oregon State, how do you move forward here? Because 
I think you're in in such a precarious position financially. And and I think one of the other parts of this that's so fascinating is the Comcast debt that everybody assumed was going to be $70 million and, you know, was going to be devastating. It hasn't been devastating. In fact, um, you know, John Wilner had a piece today where he was talking about how uh, the Comcast debt, as we've reported on the show, and I know that so many people told us we were idiots and didn't know what we were talking about. Well, it turns out maybe we have some idea because John Wilner backed up what we said, and that is uh, the Comcast debt's taken care of. And that is that Comcast is withholding payments that will will equal the balance of that money that's due by the time the year is over, which is you know June 31st or whatever it is. Comcast will be made whole. The schools didn't lose money because they dipped into the emergency fund. So that money's gone. So as we reported earlier this week, what are they really fighting over? They're fighting over the $60 million in NCAA tournament units that are coming to the Pac-12 over the next several years. That's what these 12 schools are fighting over. And listen, I, I just don't think the exiting 10 members have a leg to stand on. This conference, based on the bylaws and the precedent that's been set by previous action, belongs to Oregon State and Washington State. They should be in control of the brand. They should be in control of the assets. And if that is the case, our sources have continued to tell us they are going to merge with the Mountain West Conference. Gloria Navarez is going to be the commissioner. And they, as we have been told, our sources have told us, the PAC-2 and the Mountain West have a framework in place to facilitate that merger. They've got to settle this. It's that that's the thing I think all this other, you know, back and forth, I don't even know that any of this matters because it's never getting in front of a judge from what we've been told. 100%. I don't think it matters. How much of that 60 million stays with the PAC 2 and how much of it is going to walk out the door with the the 10 exiting members? I think that's the only thing to talk about. Yeah, and, and I think if you're those 10 exiting members, I mean, your your play is, hey, like you guys don't have a lot of time here. Like you guys are the ones without a schedule. You guys are the ones who are sort of in no man's land right now in terms of a, of conference affiliation and like what your future looks like. And if it goes to court, you know, you're yeah. you're going to run out of time and and that's not going to be good for anybody involved. So if I'm the 10 who left, I, I'm I'm saying, hey, like we want this number. And, and I don't know what that number is. I don't know if you're asking for half or whatever it is, but we want this number. And then that's been the starting point, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Like, because there's no precedent for this type of situation. It truly is like, hey, this is what we think. This is our opinion on what our portion of the 60 is. And I, I, I look, it's, it's money. Money's money. Money makes people do weird things. Like, we're going to talk about this Pat McAfee story and, you know, the paid Aaron Rodgers a million dollars and people are pissed about it. Like, Money makes people do weird things. Money in sports makes people do even more weird things. I don't think this is strange at all. If I'm one of the 10 exiting members, if I'm SC or UCLA, if I'm Cal, I need every dollar I can get my hands on. Yeah. I mean, they're broke in Berkeley, right? So it this is not, I don't think this is complex. I don't think this is odd in any way, shape, or form. I think... All, everything is lining up for Oregon State and Washington State to have the best possible outcome. And I think that's truly the best case scenario because I just think those two universities have been left in such a difficult spot that 
you just don't have any way to, how do you even move forward when you find out that you're the last of, of, of 12 universities and you're dead in the water and you've got two years to find a way to stay relevant? Yeah. Man. I, I, it's a really difficult ask. And I think it's, you know, again, like anytime adversity strikes, we as people want to lean on, well, hey, what did this person go through in a similar situation? Or what? Like, yep. But they don't even have that luxury here. And, and, and I think they've been just been forced to say, okay, one foot in front of the other type mentality, and we're just going to go through this process. And I think if you're a Beaver fan, like I, or or, or even a Cougar fan, like I, I, I look at it and I say, hey, like you're going to have a better opportunity to get into the playoff now, both because you're going to be likely affiliated uh, with those Mountain West teams under a reimagined Pac-12 brand, but then also because the college football playoff is expanding. So That's now right. it's not like, oh man, we got to go and beat the SEC. Nobody's saying that. What we're saying is that you just simply have to play good enough football to win your conference and go out and win one bowl game. And I don't feel like by by conference champion standards, that's a lot to ask, especially when mm -hmm. you consider the type of offense that Washington State has and the type of defense that Oregon State has relied on for years and the fact that they have DJ now. And I, and I look at it and I say, okay, well, what does your team look like in a year, two years. Well, that largely depends on what you get done in this yeah. negotiation. Yeah, and I think I think now, as much heat as he has taken, I think it's really important for people to understand filing this injunction was absolutely the right thing to do. Like, I mean, it is, it is absolutely a move that saved the conference. It is a move to secure the future of Oregon State and Washington State. And I think when you... When you go back and this is all done, I think, as hot as it sounds to say, like I'm struggling to say it out loud, Kirk Schultz may likely have saved the Pac-12. And the brand, the, the league itself, its very existence, as much heat as he has taken for the decisions he's made, the things he's said, the way he's gone about business in athletics at Washington State. He has been the driver on filing this extent, uh, this injunction, taking the 10 members to court, freezing the assets. Like Now it looks like a stroke of genius Yeah. because, A, it's never going to get to court. They're going to settle before they get there. B, it now, I don't know how Oregon State and Washington State don't wind up with control of the brand and the assets in the conference, which is exactly what they were aiming for because it's their only shot it's staying relevant, staying able to reach the uh, uh, the college football playoff and, and earn as much money as possible. Yeah. And so as much heat as we've given Kirk Schultz, I think at this moment in time, we need to really recognize that the moves that Kurt has made here and the moves that President Murphy in cooperation with Kirk Schultz have made here have saved the conference because they're going to win. I don't see any way... And when I say win, are they going to keep all that $60 million? I would, I would say probably not. Right. But they are going to keep cash. They're going to keep the assets, and the brand will stay alive. And they are, in my opinion, if you merge those two with the Mountain West – I think they 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 keep a spot in the college football playoff. Yeah, and I think a win here is is just that. I, I mean, I I don't think there's a dollar figure that defines win or loss here. I, I I truly believe it's much more of a thing where it's like, okay, we just need to get enough to continue to move forward. And obviously, in negotiation, they're going to get try and get as much as they can. But in the back of their minds, in private. 
They're saying, hey, we got to get as, uh, you know, enough to get forward. We want to keep as much assets as possible. And then we want to move along. We need to start getting some positivity into the news cycle and into our inner circles. Because think about how long this thing's been drawn out. I mean, I mean, this discussion, you know, before before this injunction happened, I mean, the, the Pac-12 not surviving has been going on for 15 months now or whatever it's been like this is not some short conversation so i think well and how dark a, how dark a days has it been for washington state and oregon state yeah and and you look at that and you say okay well like with kirk schultz as an example all those budgetary issues the staff threatening to sit in yeah. like, all the stuff that he dealt with and again I, i'm not saying that we should write any of that off that's 100 percent his doing like he messed that portion up but i think to your point, like, I, I don't know what else you say other than, yeah, the injunction was really smart. Um, you know, it does seem like whether it's him just waking up or their legal counsel is advising them, they're getting good advice and making good decisions. And that's what it's going to take for you to get to where you want to go. And, and I think that part about, you know, the college football playoff committee is the next big item for them after they move on from this chapter. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, and I know I remind you guys this every day, the college football playoff committees has nothing to do with the NCAA and they make their own decisions. And again, we have nothing to go off of. We don't know what that vote looks like as to whether they would keep the automatic qualifier or not. Well, but I think it is incredibly telling that the college football playoff committee has taken no action on the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. And they have met multiple times and they have taken no votes, no action. They'll tell you they haven't talked. Our sources have told us that behind the scenes, privately, there have been group conversations. Like, the committee's well aware of what's playing out here. But, but again, I think that's for down the line. I think right now, today, is a very, very good day for Washington State and Oregon State. And, again, our sources are telling us that negotiations in settlement are going very well, um, that they are, they're moving towards a settlement that will keep the Pac-12 intact. I think that's that's a huge day. Yeah. That is absolutely a huge day, and and I never thought I would say it, and I feel kind of like a jerk saying it now. But great job by Kirk Schultz. Like, I, I, it, it, his his work has saved to to now in projecting forward. His his moves have been pragmatic, smart. I think well thought out. The the briefs that they provided for the injunction hearing. Were well written, well thought out, precedent included. Like it was A plus B equals we keep the Pac 12. And I think now you're heading in that direction. Yeah. So I, I just give them a lot of credit. And by the way, I also think it matters that Washington State and Oregon State are having two of the best seasons on the field they've had recently. Yeah. And they're in great shape to to be real impact players in this league. Yeah. And I know that that my R and we, Notre Dame, our mother. Uh, is going to have a huge say in that with SC this weekend. Notre Dame, our mother. Because SC seems to be everybody's All-American in this in this conference. Uh, but man, yeah, what a good day! What a good day if you're one of those people rooting for the Pac-12 to survive. Okay, less of us, more of you, as we always do at this time. Let's pop a buck shot and roll through the rest of the show. Whew! I got to sit up for this one today. You know, we got to get in the zone here. Okay, so. It's cold out. It's 48 degrees outside. It's 68 degrees in the studio. My hands are actually cold. This is going to be a very much needed. Today, our buckshot's actually a toddy. That's what it needs to be. Seriously. 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine dumped into a container with great brain food. 
that gets you through the rest of your day. And whether you take it at 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3.20 mountain time, you know that you're getting great ingredients that create a great product that does exactly what it says it's going to do. It's going to give you a lift, but there are no spikes and no crashes. Buckshot from Bucked Up, the best in the business. Cheers to you, friends. Yes, sir, indeed you do. I love it. And I tell you every day, I think this is their best product, but don't take my word for it. All of their products are great. In fact, in the description below, you get a free shaker cup from Bucked Up, the best shaker cup, because why not? It's from Bucked Up. Uh, I have like a dozen of them. You can build it to be any color you want. So if you're like me and you're a domer, get a gold lid. You can absolutely do that. (laughs) Everybody seems to have red in their uniforms these days. Get a red cup. Do you and get three free samples and a shaker cup in the description below. Click the link. Uh, and enjoy it sent right to your front door. No better way to start the show, friends, than shouting out RB, our newest member on the Let's show. go, baby. Let's go, nice RB. Start. Appreciate that. Shout out Aaron Wilson, gifted a membership. Go. Let's go, Aaron. Appreciate you doing that. Al S gives us $5 to start the show. Thank you very much for that. Matt Ritson for $5. Calford Need. Extra money next year's travel both teams sink right now. Can you imagine? Can you guys imagine the expenses going forward for Cal and Stanford to a lesser degree for, you know, SC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington going to the Big Ten? Their travel budget just got a lot larger, a lot larger. And I point to Oregon State and Washington State merging with the Mountain West, lower expenses. Less travel, shorter travel. It makes all the sense in the well, world. Well, one has to ask, hey, you know, if Stanf- if Calford could Thank go you. back and do it again, Thank you. what would they do if they knew what the outcome was going to be? Because it's a really interesting question. I understand academics. I understand, hey, we got we got certain standards. Totally get it, man. But you, I have to wonder if you're those two institutions looking back, looking back at this and saying, okay, this is kind of the direction things are going. Obviously, nothing's done. Nothing's, you know, haven't dotted the I's and crossed the T's yet. But, you know, the direction that this is heading, man, maybe it would have been more beneficial for us to, you know, to stay and merge. Maybe that would have been Was better. it a mistake for Cal and Stanford to go to the ACC knowing what we know now in the Pac-12? Not even projecting for it, just knowing where the Pac-12 is now. I think you have to say it was, yeah. I think you have to say it was I, I for think, sure, I think right? You have to say it was. I mean, I, I, I don't. And, and to the commenter's point, I mean, the travel is definitely going to be heavy. And we can sit here and, and they can put out all this, this, this narrative about hub cities and meeting in the Midwest and not flying across the country all the way. Okay, I understand you got to come up with solutions, but it just kind of feels like a racket when you could have just stayed in the region you were in, because again. And I maintain yeah. this: Stanford and Cal uh, are less relevant in terms of the college football playoff than Oregon State and Washington State. I mean, Oregon State and Washington State, correct me if I'm wrong, are both ranked right now, are they not? Yeah. So, I mean, they're having really good seasons. Two so, of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like yeah, Oregon like State's got, got one of the best defenses in the league. So, yeah, I think they. Ha- I, I mean, how do you not regret making that? Yeah, decision? I think you have to. You would have to say at this point that Cal and Stanford regret leaving the league. I, I don't know how you wouldn't. And Donuts, my guy, what's up? Thank you for the $10. Golf fun this weekend should be primo. Let's go. I 
And it breaks my heart almost, you guys. And I love snowboarding. I think everybody who listens to this show knows that. Um, I'm so sad golf is ending. Mm -hmm. I'm so sad. Like we're working on, you know, golf trips in St. George and Las Vegas. And like we're working on all these great golf promos. And it's just so sad that golf is ending. Well, indoor golf season just started, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's but it's, same, it's so hard to find an indoor golf partner. Yeah. Like, it is really difficult yeah. to find a quality place to be inside, to to hit well, to get better, to be able to improve your swing. Uh, that that That's difficult. So, N Donuts, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the uh, the $10. Glenn, San Diego State Aztec, Calford showed their hand. They'd rather travel and toss academic confetti over their heads than consider the Big 12 in the <laughs> <laughs> They'd rather toss academic confetti. <laughs> and he's not wrong. I love it. I My love God. you, dude. You're not wrong, man. My guy. You're spot on. Absolutely, positively, you are not wrong. Spot on. Oh, man, that's amazing. Who was first in today, by the way? Uh, oh, hey, look at that. Dakota Tubbs first in. Dakota, <laughs> yes. Yes, you finally did it. Dakota has worked so hard to be the first one in on the show. Amazing. Way to go. Dakota, How did congratulations. You do it? Did you just have the page open all day, or what did you do? I don't know what it takes to be the first one in. I have no idea. Uh, Pacing Cougar, with real debt to Comcast at $72 million, they might be driving go-karts. Well, but Comcast, I think Comcast handled this well. They stopped paying the Pac-12. Yeah. And if you don't know the situation, Comcast double paid for subscribers – so Comcast pays per subscriber to the Pac-12 network. They, in some cases, counted subscribers twice. And the Pac-12 knew about it after an audit, didn't say anything to Comcast. Comcast found out about it, and that's how this debt occurred. Yeah. Well, Comcast has not paid the Pac-12, so that debt is being whittled down. And by the ten, uh, time the fiscal year fiscal year ends, that debt will be paid. So there will be no hangover for that. Nobody's going to have to cut a, uh, cut a check for that. Uh, so that works. Um, let's see. James, if you don't like the show, there's other stuff on YouTube that you could be watching. Who doesn't like the show? Yeah, what happened, what happened here? Yeah, what's, what's the issue US, here? U.S. Mail says time for the manure show. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a fan, I, you're yeah, all you're, welcome you're, here. You're still here. You're all welcome you're here. You're still watching. Absolutely. Uh, Dakota Tubbs says, hit the like button. All right, our first Jag hey, off reference. Let's go. Good start to the show today. Appreciate that. Jeff Woodworth cracked my new iPhone screen. I hit the like button so hard. Okay. 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 I was going to say, by the way, because <laughs> what would the show be if I didn't say, by the way, protein? Uh, where is your new iPhone? It's at the crib, baby. That's right. It's at the crib. Wifey brought it in for you? No. She doesn't have access to the mailbox. Oh, it's in the mailbox. It's in the mailbox, okay. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Notice he didn't deny he has a wife now. Uh, let's see. Bryce Martin. Oregon has a real chance to be the best team in the country Saturday. Until then, it's Texas. I think Oregon has a real chance. You know, I was I was contemplating this earlier, and I don't know that there's a definitive answer. What's the bigger game, USC and Notre Dame or Oregon? And Washington. Oregon and Washington, in my opinion. Boy, I think if USC loses, 
But but what really? And, and I don't disagree with your point there. But what really changes if USC loses? Because because by all accounts, we even said on the show yesterday, it's not like USC is threatening the college football playoff right now. Not right now, but I think USC isn't USC one of those brands that gets not a pass, but oh, it's USC. USC's undefeated. Oh yeah, they're in the college football playoff. Not yet, unfortunately. But but they should be. No, but they haven't been undefeated. My point is when USC's really good, mm-hmm. and let's say they go undefeated. Oh yeah, they're getting in the college football playoff. They are. That, I mean, I think that's how strong the USC football brand is. So I do think Oregon and Washington's a bigger game. I think Oregon's just as strong, though. As what? USC's brand. Okay, An undefeated no Oregon brand? No chance. Not even close. I, I I think USC football is so much more lucrative. I think it's got a much bigger following. I think from a recognition standpoint, I think USC football has history. It has national championships. It has J-Rob. It's got Pete Carroll. It's, I mean, it, it, it's got the John McKay's. I, but what I mean, does it not have? It's got, it, it's got it, nothing. It has it everything you want. doesn't have a college football playoff appearance yet. Who cares? What does that matter? If USC is is undefeated, they're getting into the college football playoff. Yeah, that just That just doesn't matter. And when we're talking about branding, it doesn't matter. Like, Oregon doesn't have a, a, a college football playoff appearance. Yeah, they do. Oregon doesn't. 2015. Yeah, they do. They've appeared one time. But that was a long time ago. Was that the BCS or was that the college football playoff? No, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm almost 99%. Okay, either way. So, uh, I, and it doesn't, there's not, there's not even a conversation here. USC is a far bigger brand. A far bigger brand than than Oregon is. I don't even think it. I, I think nationally the reach, just because of the Rose Bowl, just because of the pageantry, the history, the Coliseum, the Heisman Trophy winners, the quarterbacks, the the OJ's, the Marcus Allen's. I mean, you name it. They, they're they're you don't know a coach at Oregon the way you know McKay, Robinson, Carroll. Like Lincoln Riley, like they have rock star coaches that are bigger than a lot of programs' best player ever. I agree with that. So I think when you're looking at USC, I, I don't, I have no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind that you have a situation where USC, if they're undefeated, they're in. Now, are they going to be undefeated? I don't think there's a chance in the world. I'm not even particularly. Confident that they're going to get by Meyer and we the beloved this weekend. I mean, I I don't. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, you're correct. By the way, that BCS ended in 2013, mm-hmm. so you are correct. But I I just I think the USC brand is. I think it is Alabama. I think it is Ohio State. I think I don't know, man. I I don't disagree that they they have they yeah they probably have the biggest brand in the Pac-12, and I know you're adamant. I'm saying probably. Okay, great. We can agree to disagree. But when it comes to Alabama or like Ohio State or whatever, I don't know. Like I I think about SC and and I, I don't know. They they haven't quite they have not even come close to their peak under Lincoln Riley yet in my opinion. I I think Lincoln you know, Lincoln uh I think is going to take them to even higher heights than they are now. I think they will be much better they will continue to get better. They will continue to be more of a problem. Like, I totally agree with that. Uh, but I don't know. 
I wasn't around for USC before Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's the oldest coach at USC that I resonate with. So that's probably the other part of the problem here. Well, I mean, I I I think that I think you're right. Um, number one, but listen, if they if they ever wind up figuring out why Alex Grinch left his brain at home every single day that he coaches <laughs> the defense at USC, because I cannot believe they've given up 82 points in the last two games. Like yeah. that number, I know I've said that a thousand times this <laughs> I week. Mean, it's guys. a massive number. How on earth? Yeah. How on earth have they given up 82 points? Like that is that's wild to me. That is wild to me that they've given – and they're going to find a defensive coordinator. Some 100%. way, somewhere. Like they're, Lincoln Riley's going to figure it out because you're going to the Big Ten, and I don't care who your quarterback is and how many points you score. You will be punished if you cannot stop the – you know how physical the running games are in the Big Ten? Do you know how physical the offensive lines are in the Big Ten? Like I, I, you just have to at some point – Play defense, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I mean, you can't be playing, hey, you know, who's the first of 50 every week? That That's just not going to work. And I think, you know, again, we've talked so much about how, like, you know, the strength of schedule with Michigan and Ohio State and the Big Ten teams, but what everyone seems to agree on is that the Big Ten teams have great defenses. And the the scores yeah. that they put up, and I don't care who it's against, if you're going to play, uh, you know, uh, uh, a game where you put up 40 in the opponent, no matter how crappy they are, only score seven, I mean, that's saying something. I mean, your average college football team is going to roll up with 14, 17 points at least. Yeah. So to me, I, I, I look at SC and, and I'm sitting here saying, you're right. The Big Ten does run the football a lot more than a lot of the other conferences. And and honestly, the 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 defenses that the Big Ten typically puts out are pretty good. And, and at some point, and Lincoln said this yesterday, I believe it was, maybe the day before, you know, talking about how hey, it can't it, it, we can't just sit here and, and ask Caleb to to ball out every single week. I mean, at some point, Caleb Williams is gonna have an off week. That's gonna happen. He's a human being, and at some point, you have to be able to win a game with defense. So that's why I say I do agree. He will find a defensive coordinator. He will take this team to new heights. He's not in Oklahoma land anymore. He's in L.A. Like you, it's not good enough just if, to be fifty points a week now. If USC beats Notre Dame. And Oregon beats Washington. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't trust the AP poll anymore. I just don't. I want to. I don't. Like I I, I look at there's so many there's so many arguments in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I I'm I, if if USC beats Notre Dame, how quality is that win? Well, obviously losing the Louisville did not help. Notre Dame in any way, shape, or form. Struggling with Duke did not help Notre Dame any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But man, I look at SC being tenth. I how is USC how is how is USC ranked above Alabama? That oh, that's right. It's USC and they get a rubber stamp. That's exactly the situation I'm talking about. Like Alabama should be ranked ahead of USC. And I'm not hating on USC or I'm, I just, it's so frustrating to have to deal with that on a, a week in, week out basis yep. in the AP top 25, and we shouldn't have to. Uh, Matt Ritson, how about the D backs sweeping uh, LA 3 0? You know, <clears throat> at some point as, as the, the Major League Baseball playoffs go on, we've got to talk about this format. What, what, they, they were off for an entire week, the Dodgers. Yeah. That's not an advantage. And, 
the only thing I'll say about the Dodgers is you got to refresh the pitching staff. With what went on with Urias, what's going, obviously Clayton Kershaw's not that guy anymore. Uh, Walker Bueller will be back next year. But you got to revitalize this pitching staff. I think you can point back to some moves. I, hell, I'd go all the way back to you, Darvish, getting out of there. Like, you've got to, you're the LA Dodgers, man. You've got to have five arms that can win you a game on any given night. Yeah. And they currently don't have that. Yeah, and I think the best the best teams in baseball have arms. And I think, you know, uh, Lopes fan Gabe was at the game last night. And for all you D-backs fans out there, uh, I think your luck's going to come to an end. When you run into when you run into a team that's got pitching, why are you a red ass over the D backs? Well, I'm not being a red ass. I'm just saying your I, luck's coming to an end. It, it is because they ultimately didn't, you didn't you didn't pitch. It wasn't like you had outstanding performances. You won the game with hitting. Yeah, and but that's who cares? Fine. I guess this will just be the day where we run our faces into each other. Who cares? You you swept the LA Dodgers. That's a hundred win Dodger team. Yeah, I mean, that's a great accomplishment for a guy in Tori Lovello who not many people think about anymore. Yeah, I and agree. for a team that the for a team that plays in a warehouse out by the out by the airport, I, I that's a pretty pretty nice win for as long as they're in, uh, you know, Phoenix and Arizona on on the whole. That's a pretty nice win for D back fans. Yeah, and a guy like Lopes fan Gabe who's got little Lope who's a huge baseball fan and. That's a that's a really good win for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. For the city, for its fan base, the Arizona Diamondbacks knock it off the LA Dodgers. Anytime an Arizona team beats, you know, beat LA, beat LA. I was just simply saying, you haven't run into a team yet that's got pitching. That's the difference. Yeah. That's all I was saying. I wasn't saying it was a, a bad win or or like I it, I'm simply saying, hey, look at what the Phillies are doing to the Braves. And I'm telling you you're being a red ass today. Okay. That's your opinion. <laughs> Very serious today. Bryce Martin, uh, Cal and Stanford football went, uh, want to play their biggest games anywhere near home. How do you recruit? I don't know. No idea. I do not know how you recruit. It's It, it never made sense for from my perspective that Cal and Stanford left. It damaged Oregon State and Washington State further. I don't think there's any doubt. But the perseverance that Schultz and Murphy have shown is going to be rewarded. They are going to have they are going to keep the Pac-12 alive. You are you you have this framework. You've done all of the legwork to build a relationship with the Mountain West that when you settle this, I, I think you are going that's the only thing that makes sense. That's the only that's the only move that makes sense. Uh Douglas, the Mountain West has already broken their hearts Broken the hearts of Purdue, Arizona State, and Texas Tech. We're on our way up. I, I think it's a great conference. It would have been nice if Fresno State could have continued their run. It would have been nice, but they didn't. And, you know, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, the Digital Dam. I'm telling you, Beavs and Cougs are going to have fun soon. By the way, I, I I think that when you add two Power 5 programs to a group of five conference and then you rebrand it as a Power 5 conference, that's going to make every team in that conference better, right? When when Oregon State's going up against a Fresno State or San Diego State, that's going to make them better. Yeah. I, I don't know what you mean they're going to have fun soon. I think they're they're having two great seasons. Um, I think that you are, you are – I mean, you're going to have your tail feather up here. 
You're, you're going to have your tail. I think you, you've, you're having fun already, I would assume. Christopher Shannon, San Diego State Aztec, what happened to the pro rata you deserve and you know you're going to the Pac-12? I mean, you're in great shape now. San Diego State's in a good spot. They are. They're in a good spot. I I agree that we haven't heard word one out of them, and that's how it should be. But the, right now, San Diego State is doing what they should have done the entire time. Agreed. We never should have gotten a look inside the, in, or what do you want to say, behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. We never should have gotten a look behind the curtain with San Diego State. It, it is, I'm not trying to be dramatic, you guys, but what, what happened with San Diego State is it, it's tragic for Aztec supporters. You, you should never have been through the the pain that has been the last several months. The pro rata we deserve. Hey, we're going somewhere. Big 12, Pac-12. Like, you guys should never have been subjected to that. Yeah. The San Diego State fan base is one of the most loyal and passionate fan bases in college sports. And we know a ton of alumni. Like they're, You're just good folks who deserved better than the pro rata we deserve, which is what the president, uh, Adela Della Torre at San Diego State said, the pro rata we deserve. It, it, it just, you deserved better than that. The brand deserved better than that. And I think San Diego State, by being silent now, that's what you need to do. And J.D. Wicker, the athletic director at San Diego State, figure out football, then go talk a bunch of junk. Figure yeah. out football, man. Win some football games. Hire a coach that can recruit and win. You have a beautiful new stadium. Figure out how to fill it up. Because the uh, the pro rata you deserve did not help you sell tickets. Very clearly. And I just I just feel like San Diego State is a better institution than we have seen. Thanks. That's the that's the real issue now. Yeah. Is it I think I think San Diego State fans just deserved better. Uh, Jonathan Lamb says, "Can't wait for the bucked up shaker sample." Let's, Let's go. go. Uh, you got it's it's legit. A lot of people ask, "Well, how much do I have to pay for it?" You guys, you don't. You're not paying for the shaker cup. You you have to pay shipping, but you're not paying for the the shaker cup or the samples. They'll give you samples of anything that you like. Any uh, their their pre workout stuff is amazing. We use it. My wife uses it. She uses their endurance product. You can get samples of that. Like. Go get it. It's in the description below. Uh, Bucked up the official energy provider of the Monty Show. OG Gary, what's up, my dual citizen of LSU? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Like the U. Uh, Comcast still exists. (laughs) I'm not a cable guy anymore. It's... There was a time less than a year ago now where you could have never convinced me I would cut cut the cord. Yeah. I never, I would never have given up on DirecTV. And then I gave up on DirecTV because they raised my, tried to raise my rate. And then I had all kinds of technical difficulties and they couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I was like, that's it. I'm out. But yeah, I, I can't believe it. Uh, let's see. Luis Carlos Diaz, San Diego State Pro Rata. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Monty, uh, would it not be in the best interest of the 10 leaving to wait as long as possible to reach a settlement with the Pac-2? I think so, but the issue becomes how long is too long? Because if you go to court, you get nothing. So there is a perfect window in time where a settlement will become easy. But if you get too close to that November 14th trial date, 
at some point, the Pac-2 are going to be like, well, you know what, actually, well, we waited this long. Because I, I think now you get these, and if you're just tuning into the show today, our, our, our lead on the show today is a revelation. Uh, John Wilner, who's a guy I'm telling you, go subscribe to his stuff at the San Jose Mercury News. It's behind a paywall. You can find it across the internet on several free sites, but support journalism, please. John Wilner does great work. Um, John Wilner had another bombshell piece today where he had the, the court filings uh, that basically show George Klyovkov testified that, hey, yeah, by the way, um, when USC and, and uh, UCLA left, uh, we kicked him off the board of directors. And then here's another piece. The conference used the same policy with Colorado on July 27th after Chancellor DiStefano informed Klyovkov via text that the, buff, uh, the Buffs were joining the Big 12. The next day, Pac-12 General Counsel sent Colorado's legal officer a letter that included the following. Chancellor DiStefano provided CU written notice of withdrawal from the Pac-12 uh, under Section CB239 or 64 of the Pac-12 Constitution and Bylaws, which, as we've told you on this show, the contract, which is the Constitution and the bylaws, specifically say Chancellor DiStefano and CU representation on the Pac-12's board of directors automatically ceases effective immediately, and CU no longer has a right to vote on any matter before the board. So what have we reported on this show for the better part of a year? The minute that SC and UCLA said, hey, we're leaving, that that story leaked, they were off the Pac-12 board of directors. And then when this whole lawsuit hit, what did we tell you? In the contract and in the bylaws in that contract that all 12 members signed, as soon as you are out of the conference, as soon as you say, hey, we're leaving, and I think Oregon State and Washington State have the hammer because it doesn't say by written notice to the Pac-12. It says by written notice, which signing a, uh, a letter of intent essentially, which is what you have done, because you won't sign a grant of rights until uh, July, I believe it is. But you've signed this contract that says I'm going to join your conference. That's written notice that you're leaving the Pac-12. Right. Ten members of the of the conference have done that. There's only two that have not: Oregon State and Washington State. I mean, it, it to me, it's cut and dry. So to answer your question directly, yeah, I think I think you can. You know, a, a source said to me, "Sweat out Oregon State and Washington State until you can't." And I think what you are going to see is that $60 million that is coming into the conference, because remember how uh, NCAA tournament units are paid. Right now, the Pac-12 is owed $60.9 million in NCAA tournament dues, basically, units. Yeah. yeah. The exiting 10 want that money. And Oregon State and Washington State want to hang on to that money. They're basically negotiating that. And once they have that negotiation settled, they will drop their suits and withdraw. And the 10 will exit in Oregon State and Washington State, by most people's opinion, will then take the Pac-12 and 
do a merger, reverse merger, whatever you want to call it. They're going to flip it around and have the Mountain West join the Pac-12 and stay a P5. They'll be a P5 for at least two years. 2024, 25, 25, 26. At least two years. Right. But before then, the college football playoff committee's got to decide, and the subcommittees will have a big voice in this. They have to decide, okay, well, what are we going to do with the Pac-12? Are we going to keep them as an automatic qualifier? That's going to be the question. And I think it is a significant question. I think it is a big one. I don't I don't even think I don't know that anybody knows the yeah. answer. I truly do not. I truly do not have a feel as to whether or not the college football playoff committee will keep an automatic qualifying spot for the winner of the Pac-12. I think there is going to be significant dissent upon that. But guess who's got a lot of voice in that? Uh, several members of the college football playoff committee are G5 and in the Mountain West. So we'll see. And one of the votes in that situation will be Kirk Schultz, who currently represents the Pac-12. And that's when, hey, Kirk Schultz, that's when he'll be able to influence with that vote. But I think we're ahead of that. Yeah. You got to wait for this to play out. Uh, welcome Hive Golf to the membership. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Appreciate you guys. Hive, appreciate you guys supporting the show, joining the membership. You guys, the membership's really easy. It is very, very easy. All you have to do is click the join button. And then when you hit the join button, it's going to ask you what tier of membership. $1.99, get your comments highlighted in red. For $9.99 a month, you get into our members-only Instagram group, which currently, I'll be honest with you, most most days now, uh, it is... Is awake too strong? It's awake for my prize picks. Oh, it's um, it's a, a morning. It's quite lively. It is a morning period for how bad I am at prize <laughs> picks currently. Um, but I love our guys in the membership. It is a great group of dudes. Um, currently, uh, salty drunk is in there. You know, just holding it over our heads that you know, hey, Austin Reeves sucks. Like he's on this whole thing about Josh Giddy and Adrian. I don't really understand what you're saying. Yeah, Adrian Wojnarowski has ranked Josh Giddy ahead of AR15. Congratulations, way to go, dude. Way to go. Austin Reeves is a far better player. That's my opinion. That's what we do. We give sports opinions. It's not personal. Yeah, you know, it's a, like a sports talk show and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Pacing Cougar fan. What's up, Payson Cougar fan? Good to see you. Is Cam Rising returning for the Utah game against Cal? Oh, dear. Oh, my. I don't know. I don't think so. I I, I would not look for him to return till the last three or four weeks mm. of the season. The timeline for recovery on a fully blown-out knee with three ligaments and meniscus is 12 months, and that's just average. Who knows? Like, again, I, I'm not even sliding Cam. Maybe he's ahead of that. No. Maybe he's behind that. I don't know. But I'm telling you, you don't come back from a fully blown out knee uh, in nine months. ACL? Okay, that's nine months, right? Nine, ten months. Fully blown out knee is not nine, ten months. Yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think it's, I hope he does. I hope Cam does whatever Cam wants to do. Coogs uh, Johnson. Great reporting, Monty. This info matches the mood we've been hearing from our alumni association. They've been ironically calm lately. I think Kurt Schultz is a miracle worker. Well, I think it calms you down when you have a path. 
the the it used to be like before this whole situation kind of came to with you know the injunction and kind of the situation you're in now there was no path there was like oh my god the sky's falling we have nowhere to go yeah like holy crap like gloria navarez basically can hold us over a barrel because we don't have anywhere to go that was the issue i am not gumby Finally, I've been waiting. I have been waiting for somebody. I am not Gumby. Is there a, is there really a definition for Power Five, or was that just a marketing term stated by ESPN? It's not called a Power Five. You're exactly right. It is a marketing term. It is it is low fat salad dressing. It is, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. I think that marketing term. Very well said, because you are not Gumby. Domer Wahab, whoa! Domer, nice of you to Domer? show up today. Perfectly presented, Monty. You're exactly right. And Where is the Italian? And I'm good looking. Well. Not as good looking as Sam Hartman and that right. beard. But I I, I am. I, Notre Dame, our mother. I am the Batman. Um, You know, Kyle Wilson. Monty, I'm not a lawyer. Neither am I. Here comes uh, a legal But take. does this information not lend credence to the idea that OSU and Washington State could push for summary judgment? Doesn't seem the exiting 10 have any kind of case, but here's the problem. You can't push for summary judgment. Now, <clears throat> and I'm going to make this as brief as I can, and it should be 30 seconds or less. Oregon State and Washington State went to court to get an injunction, which is basically a judge saying, no, you cannot meet, no, you cannot vote against the other 10 members of the conference because there was fear that there was a meeting on the board for the board of directors and they were going to vote to dissolve the conference and split the assets equally. Oregon State and Washington State said, hell no, we're going to court. They got an injunction to which Washington, because the injunction was filed and granted in the state of Washington, uh, Washington, the University of Washington, went to court and asked for a dismissal they got briefs from the other nine exiting members to support their request for dismissal, but that likely doesn't get heard until the injunction gets heard, and that's not going to be until November. So it does not seem that the exiting 10 members have any kind of case, and this was to the other point of, well, if you're the PAC 2 why are you settling? Because you're getting sweated out. You, the longer this goes on, the other thing you got to remember, and the only thing that would make sense, as it was explained to me the other day, about waiting if you're the Pac-2 is, you're already working behind the scenes with the Mountain West on a schedule moving forward. Because the Mountain West has a schedule, and it's not that difficult to integrate two more teams into that schedule. Yeah. So it would seem that would be the only route that would provide you, hey, hit the easy button, let's go that way. But... I don't know. It depends on what you're doing. I think I could see it both ways. And Kyle, I think that's a really good point. I don't believe that the 10 exiting and the people we've spoken to roundly agree the 10 exiting members don't have much of a case if this gets before a dude in a, in a robe sitting on a bench. Mm -hmm. That, that to, to me, that's, yeah, that's pretty mm, straightforward. Uh, anyway, all right, any What's crazy to me, uh, the playoff money goes to everyone when the teams that went to the playoff get the equal amount. I think Oregon and Washington should get the majority chunk. But the problem is, the problem is, to get that money, what do you have to do? You have to go to the playoff. 
And as Jake just properly slapped me in the face with, when's the last time a Pac-12 team was in the college football playoff? <coughs> Been a minute. So right now, you don't have playoff money. And it doesn't appear, based on our projections, <laughs> that there's going to be a Pac-12 team in the playoff. Right. Because I just think everybody's got massive landmines in front of them on their schedule. Totally. So I don't – I mean, the, the NCAA tournament units, that's worth fighting for. 60 point – I. I was told it's $60.9 million. Let's call it $60 million. That's worth fighting for, right? I mean, that is, yeah. if you do some round math, if if you split that equally, you're looking at $4.5 million or something stupid. That's, that's difference making. That's not giveaway money. Yeah. That's not walking around money. So if, if you're going to get, you know, 25 cents a dollar, for that money, that's worth settling for. Me. Yes. That's worth going through, you know. So well, I, I think if you're the 10 who are leaving, you don't want to leave for nothing. Not at all. Especially when you were, you know, as you're pointing out, right, if you're Oregon and Washington or whoever, right, who's contributed in any type of playoff basketball or <laughs> the college football playoff, you know, or any type of bowl game, let's say, uh, you want to get what you can get. And that's why I'm saying both. It doesn't really, to be honest with you, in my opinion, matter whether the 10 leaving have the case or not, because the reality is the two that are staying are out of time. Yeah. So I would agree. if they had a bunch of time and a bunch of runway, okay, cool. They're going to put it in front of a judge and the 10 leaving are going to lose. But by the way, stop DMing me how stupid I am about 2015. Okay. 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 Good old Uncle Monty. I thought I, I, I thought the college football playoff started in 2016 not 2015. It's so not a big deal. BCS, so Oregon's been to the college football playoff. Ooh, two holes got one right. And then there's Gabriel who says 2015. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kyle also says, to that point about sweating out, Monty, my buddies on the OSU board told me the plan is to push for the 10 members to concede or push this to court by scheduling an alliance with the Mountain West for 2024. I mean, there's certainly that's certainly an option. Yeah, that, hey, that that's the play. Could absolutely happen. Yeah. But I think we were told today, and we've been told this multiple times, they're moving towards a settlement. Yeah. Their their teams are talking. Um, as I think John Wilner first reported, they're in arbitration. We've told you for 10 days they've been in settlement talks. Like they're moving in that direction. So it's just a matter of time. Um, my gut is that they met earlier with glory at the mountain West and promised that eventually they would make her the next commissioner. If she would help escalate scheduling, I, I think, and I just want to be very clear what we have been told. Our sources have told us Washington state and Oregon state and the mountain West conference have a framework, essentially an agreement that, Hey, yeah, if, once we get to the point where we can execute this, here's how we'll move forward. They have a, I was told that they have a schedule matrix is the term that was used for 2024 and beyond to add Washington State and Oregon State to the Mountain West. That's what we were told. I, I, I think Gloria Navarez is going to be the commissioner of that league one way or the other. She has experience in the Pac-12. She used to work in that conference. She, I thought she kicked ass at the WCC, and I think she's done a really good job uh, communicating, facilitating, and, and making life um, better for her membership at every stop she's been at. So I have no, no doubt about it. The Big Lubbock 365 Sports reported that Brett Yormark is flying to Spokane to visit Gonzaga. 
we've we've heard this uh, multiple times. And as we've told you for the better part of 10 months now, Brett Yormark. I like Gonzaga. Likes Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And we've been telling you Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Would like to get out of the WCC. Gonzaga has earned over 50 NCAA tournament units in the last 20 years. Yeah. And they've given a lot of that money away. No, and it's funny when you talk about Gonzaga and those tournament units and compare that to the Pac-12 situation, you start to you begin to understand, hey, like there's a lot of money distribution conversations to be had. Like again, you know, whether it's Gonzaga or the two remaining in the pack joining the Mountain West, if you're those two going to the Mountain West, are you not saying, hey, if we get to the college football playoff, we're getting a bigger chunk of those units, right? I mean, are you not Totes. like, are you not learning that lesson now? Totes, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Public service announcement for Mike Smith. I can sign this. Well, about 80% of what he said, the last sentence, you probably want to lop it off. But the ink isn't dry yet. This one here, the first two parts, I agree. After after the, the, the dots, maybe you, you get in a little muddy water. Uh, if you're going to DM Monty, don't do so over trivial points. I don't really get it. Please. I appreciate you listen so closely and you're like, I can't wait for this fat money to make a mistake. I have no problem with like my that. skin is curling. Yeah. Make it make a mistake. I'm going to DM you. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that what people do? They're like, oh, oh, say it. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. Okay. The college football playoff started in 2015. My bad. And Oregon got their ass beat in 2015. That's the last time the Pac 12 won. Okay. I was wrong. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, NBA commissioner Salty Drunk agrees. I agree. Uh, Tarrant County boy says Mel Tucker. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Mike Smith. Oh, going to poke you in the eye with, uh, this insert picture. Don't insert. Please don't. Don't. No, no, no. Please do not insert the picture. That would be <laughs> phenomenal. The Monty show as always presented by the advocates, the advocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, no matter where you are, get online right now. If you've been in an accident, whether that's car, motorcycle, scooter, if you've been hurt at work, I've talked to so many of our viewers who have workman's comp issues. Get to the advocates. They're the workman's comp experts. Advocates.com, you never reach into your pocket to pay the advocates. You never pay a penny to talk to one of the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. They have a little box right in the middle of the page that says chat with an attorney. You can chat with an attorney online, live, 24-7, 365. And as I've been telling you for the last uh, week or so, the advocates are working with the Road Home to provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids. You guys, I love that they do this. They care about their communities. They don't have any need to go out and raise money for homeless kids. Yet they do it because they care about the communities they work in. Here's a perfect example. If you have a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, please consider Venmoing the Advocates. This is their Venmo address, Advocates Donations. Screenshot it, send them a Venmo, a dollar, five dollars, quite literally what you have to give. That's great, man. I appreciate you guys doing that. Let's give a homeless kid a little bit of normalcy. Let's let's take away their concerns, even if it's just for two hours. Their insecurities about where they're going to sleep. Hey, are they going to have a meal? Hey, is my dad going to be home tonight? The things we all take for granted, 
Let's give that to homeless kids for just two hours on Halloween night. Donate to the advocates, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you have. The advocates on Venmo in, in the notes section, if you could put Halloween costume, the Monty show Halloween, that would be great. But even if you just put the Halloween costume, fantastic. Appreciate you guys supporting the advocates at theadvocates.com. The biggest stories in sports today, obviously, uh, we are. I think we are moving towards a settlement in the Pac-12. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on that story. Before we get to Thursday Night Football, I want to play this Deion Sanders bite because mm-hmm. this is fascinating to me. Are you guys Deion Sanders fans? Yeah. I'm curious about this. Deion Sanders very clearly hates 8 p.m. Mountain Time kickoffs. Now, they've done very well for him. He is by far the leading television viewer uh, for his games. The the prime spots, that Colorado game was huge. Like All of these 8 p.m. kickoffs, the morning kickoffs, which he prefers, have done very well too. But he's got an 8 o'clock kickoff this weekend at Folsom Field. And to say he's not a fan is an understatement. Friday night game, short week for the Buffaloes this week. you got an 8 o'clock game. Gary and I are going to hit the air at 6 p.m. We'll be out in Duane Field. Again, Mr. Affleck will be out in Math Field. Who makes these 8 o'clock games? They're the dumbest thing ever. I know, I know. It's those fellows over the television side. The stupidest thing ever invented in life. Who wants to stay up to 8 o'clock for a darn game? You wait till we do it. What about the West Coast? Yes. I mean, the East Coast. Do they even care about ratings or anybody watching it? I know. Uh, you, you what are we supposed to do with? I'm sorry, I'm bidding. What are we supposed to do with the kids all day until eight o'clock? Yeah. Wait till we're on the road. Yeah, what are we supposed to yeah. do all day until eight o'clock? So what are you supposed to do in the hotel? Yep. What, what are you supposed to do all yep. day? Watching football. Uh, who, who's playing and, and on then, Friday? And, and then the next day. And then the next day. If when we have a game like that on the road, we get home at five o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. yeah thank God we're not going to be in this uh, conference. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. Thank God we're not going to be in this conference. Not pulling any punches. Hey, that's who Coach Prime is, right? Do you agree with him? Yeah, absolutely. The APM kickoff kills the Pac-12 repeatedly, and it, and it's not even in question. And, yeah, they may do good numbers. The viewership may be good, and that's all fine and dandy. But who's watching? That's the problem. It's always been the problem. Pac-12 after dark for East Coaster has always been, yeah, well, better catch the first episode of Sports Center in the morning. Better see what Shador did against this team or that team, right? Like, better see what, you know, SC did against this team or that team because I live in Boston and I'm not staying up till 1 a.m. to watch USC play whoever, right? Like, you notice SC Notre Dame's not an 8 p.m. kickoff. You notice that these different primetime games the big matchup of the week is never 8 p.m., never 10 p.m. on the yeah, East Coast. But, 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 but he's playing Stanford. Yeah. He, and if you haven't seen the line, Colorado's an 11 and a half home favorite. Do you believe? Over Stanford. If you're in primetime against Stanford, I highly doubt you're going to draw the number. USC and Notre Dame, well, that's a massive draw. Yeah. And if you go up and down, and I, I would. I would also say Colorado, you're four and two. You're not ranked. You're going against an unranked Stanford team. What do you want ESPN to do with that? I, I'm not, if I'm ESPN, I am not, I am not putting like Oregon and Washington at, at, at 130 Pacific. Okay, well, guess what? That's on ABC. That's a prime Saturday afternoon time slot. Yeah. 530 on NBC for USC and and Notre Dame. 
That is a an East Coast primetime kickoff, as it should be. And the the only thing I'll say to Dion, I don't think it's an issue going forward. And and if we're truth telling, because I think they're going to be better. But right now, I just think I think Deion Sanders took a shot at the Pac-12 that he didn't need to take. Because if you look at the games um, that are on in prime time, like you're getting Alabama and Arkansas at 11 o'clock Central, exactly where it should be, mm-hmm. right? You, you get a ranked Tennessee-Texas A&M on CBS at 1.30, exactly where it should be. And if you look at the ESPN game at, at 7 Eastern, it's LSU and Auburn. That's a better game than Colorado and Stanford. Right. Why would I put Colorado and Stanford in my earlier prime window on the West Coast when I can have a much larger audience for LSU and Auburn? A ranked LSU team in a pretty big game for LSU. I, I think Dion. I understand you don't like the I understand you don't like the late kickoff. But you have to earn those late windows. Well, and I, I or think those the, earlier windows, you know, excuse me. The other side for Dion too is I, I I it seems to me, and obviously he didn't exactly say this, but it seems to me that Dion would prefer to play the early morning game than the eight PM game. Right? Because you oh, notice, 100%. you notice what he said there, what are we supposed to do with the kids all day? Well, that's part of the game, right? I mean I I, I think that you know, Dion wants to play the early morning game, and that's fine. I'm cool with that. But ESPN scheduling-wise isn't able to accommodate that this week. And to your point, they're not ranked, and they're playing Stanford. It is what it is. But that doesn't mean that Dion can't complain. And it doesn't mean that Dion can't share his opinion. And and so that's fine. And as for the shot with the Pac-12, yeah, it was unnecessary. But who's going to do anything about it? Because, honestly, they are going to be better. And I, I firmly believe they're going to be right in the middle of that picture next year in the Big Big 12. But is he going to be upset if it is a, you know, a, what, a five-mountain time kickoff, seven Eastern, K-State and Texas Tech on FS1 in Lubbock? No. I don't think so. Is he going to, like, look at this week, the 130, um, 330 window, uh, 330 Eastern window is a 23rd K- Kansas at um, Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Uh, those are the windows you're going to get. The morning windows, Iowa State at Cincinnati. And so, again, I'm going to ask, at, at 11 a.m., do you really want to be playing football games at 11 a.m.? Because I, I don't think good teams play football games at 11 a.m. No, good football teams play in the prime windows. Absolutely. Yes, they do. Absolutely. They, they play at noon. They play at 3.30. They play at, you know, like, I've never understood this. I've never understood it. Like, BYU and TCU, hey, we have a you huge know what that is. We have a huge Dallas listenership and TCU fans are big on this show. BYU fans huge on this show. But guess what? Guess what? That's a 2:30 central time kickoff. Yeah, but yeah, 2:30 Is that a on great a window? I mean, it's not elite, but it's not bad, and especially for a BYU team that auto draws a million every time they play, like that's not a bad time slot. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, think if you are if if you're Deion Sanders and you want noon Eastern well, you should have joined the Big Ten because Michigan's and, – and you're not getting it anyways because Michigan and Ohio State have it pretty much chiseled in stone. They don't play night games. Yeah. Especially because of the cold weather. Big noon kickoff's always going to be Michigan or Ohio State. You can almost write that down. You know, like you look at Ohio State. Guess what time Ohio State and Michigan both play this weekend and they don't play each other. They <laughs> kick off at noon because they own that conference. Yeah. 
you just have to earn it. And I love Deion Sanders. I, I have a lot of appreciation for what he's done. He has not earned the right to dictate his kickoffs. Agreed. You got to win a Absolutely. lot more games. And his TV ratings, his TV ratings are phenomenal, but you're still Colorado. And I think the the Big 12, like if we look at Big 12 kickoffs, like I was telling you, what's the best Big 12 window going to be? Because I think the best Big 12 window is that 230, um, is that 230 Central, 330 Eastern kickoff. I think that is your that is your probably your best game of the week is going to be in that window somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I I just I don't see why you would have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean if I'm prime, I want to be. You're right. I want to be in that 2:30 slot or that 6 p.m. slot because I think playing at 6 p.m. is a hell of a lot different than playing at 8 p.m. And I know it's only two hours, but when you talk about like TV and timing and everything like that, I mean the it's definitely different. But I yeah, I think yeah. the the prime. You know, window is, yeah, that 2.30 kickoff. He, I, I, like Texas next week at Houston, I think, is a 3 o'clock kickoff. Like you, Those are where the big teams play. Yeah, Those are where the big teams play, and they've earned it. And so. you're absolutely right. You have to earn your way into that. That's, yes. and, that's, and it's always been, like even in the NFL, it's always been, hey, dude, if you're winning, you're going to get rewarded. Right? Like when the, with this baseball yes. conversation later today. Yes. You're going to get quote unquote rewarded with time off, right? Like though it's always been, Hey, if you win, you get these extra things. So yep. Dion just got to win, man. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with Jim R big 12 next year. Boy, dude, that's going to be a tough league. I think the big 10 is going to get much more difficult next year. Obviously Texas and Oklahoma, two national championship contenders going into the sec. Yeah. We're going to find out about the AP top 25 next year. We're going to find out just how credible you are because Next year, everyone's going to have scheduling. Yeah, totally agree. Greg Hawkins, how the heck are you, my guy? Good to see you. Chuck B., good to see you. Rack up game film minutes. Uh, apparently, some are, apparently, some are behind. Well, hey, <laughs> look at Chuck B. on social media. <laughs> how about Dion this week? And it's a really interesting point. What did Dion rail about on Monday and Tuesday? I'm in here working for you guys, and you can't even give me the effort. Which means, because they track, and, and Chuck's exactly right, they track how much film guys watch. When you when They give you an iPad, and they do this in the NFL as well. It's why the Johnny Manziel thing was such a big deal. It's why mm. the the um, Kyler Murray thing is such a big deal. Those guys aren't opening their iPads at night. They're not studying film. Because when you open your iPad, it logs it, and the coaches look at it. And so Dion this week was talking about how he's busting his ass for them. And what are you guys doing? What's going to happen when it's over? And it made it sound like some guys weren't working as hard as they could work and some guys weren't doing the schoolwork they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and he talked about in that interview where we got that sound from that you have That's to, his radio show, by the his way. His radio show, like, you know, you have to eradicate, uh, you know, being average essentially, right? Like, you got to get rid of... You know, the, the hey, I'm just going to chill in bed all night type thing. Like, no, you have to be doing this or you're not going to play. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Dallas and TCU, I thought that was SMU. My bad. My bad. Tarrant County. Tarrant County, boy. boy. <laughs> Look at OG Gary. Look at OG Gary, longtime listener. Exactly right. Dallas belongs to SMU. You just ask them. Yeah, they'll tell you. I cannot tell you how many SMU fans are like, you guys don't know a thing. <coughs> It's like, uh, well, you know, well, Texas, actually, Texas is our largest market. And no, that doesn't matter. Ask anyone. Well, we have. And everybody says it 
SMU doesn't deliver Dallas at oh. Texas and TCU do. No, Texas, no, nobody likes Texas. Well, turns out, okay, hey, man. And, pardon me. Congratulations on, on paying your way to travel more in the ACC. Good luck. Okay, we'll see you guys later. That's inevitably how it goes. Uh, Salamini, see you, quote unquote, after dark. Get in, well, we'll see you guys, see you after, you know. Man, that was uh, some boy. Johnny Gonzalez, Stanford deserves a Tuesday night game. Wow. Back 10. But academics. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, my abs looked great last night, and congrats to Bedard on his first goal. Let's go, baby. Got to win games, though. Prize picks tonight is wild, dude. Uh, ass you versus Stanford. Okay, day drinking's fine. I mean, I, I don't I don't hate you for it. Mike Smith, SMU pulls all big midnight kickoff games. <laughs> Guys, don't be mean to SMU. It's SMU, it's Craig the Stings. Craig James, Eric Dickerson, Trans Ams. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. Come on. Tarrant County boy, SMU equals Dallas. I've heard that. That's how do you pronounce Dallas in Latin? SMU. County boy. That's right. El hombre. Uh, and yes, Mr. Sanders, what you do with your kids, have them in class Friday morning. There, mm. A lot of people have been saying that. Uh, Matt Ritson for $2. Colorado, lucky it's on ESPN, not the Pac-12 network against Stanford. He's earned, listen, he's earned the, the Pac-12 after dark. He's earned that window, right? Like people turn out. His TV numbers are amazing. He's making people money. Yes. He's earned that. Not against Stanford. Guy, you're lucky you're not kicking off at 6 a.m. against Stanford. Dude, Dion doesn't have the Nick Saban card. You haven't won enough. Nick Saban's a seven-time national champion. Just ask him. He'll tell you. And he'll tell you. he'll tell ESPN, too. Yeah, totally agree. Greg Hawkins, prize picks tonight is going hard. ATL, Philly, Dude. let's go. Dude. Should we do it right now? All right, let's do it right now. And then we got... The, We'll do it in 10 minutes. I want to ask you guys about this Pat McAfee thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm stunned by this. If Pat McAfee finds himself in another controversy. Through no fault of his own. So Pat McAfee has Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And all of this because Aaron Rodgers went after Travis Kelsey for doing commercials for a pharma company. The coronavirus. With things that we're not allowed to talk about on this show. Right, right. He were, Travis Kelsey is in commercials promoting Pfizer's flu and COVID vaccines. Aaron Rodgers on Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show went after him and challenged him to a debate because Kelsey and others... Went back at Aaron Rodgers and was like, hey, don't know if you know this, your owner is the guy who is the heir apparent and owned Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> like the company Johnson & Johnson who makes... The thing. The thing that goes in your arm and stuff. Um, And so Aaron was like, well, let's debate it then. And so naturally, people are like, why is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday a thing? Oh, that's right, because Pat McAfee pays Aaron Rodgers... A ton of money and has paid him. And Pat McAfee told Andrew Marchand at the New York Post, I've paid Aaron Rodgers more than a million dollars to come on our show. And you'd have thought that Aaron Rodgers kicked somebody's puppy. And you'd have thought that Pat McAfee, like, slapped somebody's mama. 
<laughs> why why does it why is this a thing we, the comment section today on this story on on X pro I also got chastised in DM because I won't say X I say Twitter I whatever I'm not calling it that I'm calling it Twitter on Twitter the comment section is ridiculous on this story and people are calling Pat McAfee a sellout and a fraud and do you think any football player goes on a show every week? What do you think Nick Saban's getting paid to go on Pat McAfee's show every Thursday? What do you think? Do you think Aaron Rodgers just shows up on his show and not get paid for it? Well, that's what people thought because it was sold that Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee are friends. They, they, well, they're friends because he's on his show every Tuesday. So they built a relationship. And he's on his show because... Who co-hosts the last two hours of the Pat McAfee show? A.J. Hawk, the former Packer linebacker, who is really good friends with Aaron Rodgers. Right. But Aaron Rodgers is a businessman. This isn't Pat McAfee selling out. Can you put a price tag on, on Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness and going on Pat McAfee's show two days later? No. No? Nope. I, I don't understand the hate for Pat McAfee. Yeah, I just think that it, it, it is, it, first of all, his style is you either like it or you hate it. There's no, you don't, it's not like, oh, yeah, well, Pat's on. I guess I'll listen to that. No, it's like I love Pat or I hate Pat. Yes. And that's Correct. part of it. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is the same way. You either love Aaron Rodgers and respect him and think he's the best quarterback of his generation or you hate him and he's never going to be Tom Brady. And Correct. I happen to be you're never going to be Tom Brady because you don't know how to win another Super Bowl. And it's been way too long since you've won anything. And so <laughs> when you combine that, with Pat McAfee style and short shorts and wearing a tank top and going against the grain, you're going to get some noise. And, and that's the reality of our world. And I, I'm with you, though. I don't know how this is any type of story. Paying people talent fees to come on your show is part of the business. We, we do it all the time with football players. In the world of NIL, you don't get, like last year, Harris a chance at BYU or, like, you guys. This is we, and I'm not going to name the quarterback, but a starting quarterback in the National Football League asked us for $250,000 to come on our show. We went through their agent and said, hey, we'd like this person to appear in our show. That'll be $250,000. Now, money ain't got $250,000. Yeah. You know. This is, this is not, this is, I, Pat McAfee's not a sellout. How, how is Pat McAfee a sellout? Well, I think that, and the other thing before we move on from this is the ESPN factor. So Pat's been working with Aaron since before ESPN. Yes. But Pat's show has changed a lot now that it's on ESPN. I, I, would, agree I would agree with that. It's changed. I would agree. I think it's changed less than people thought it may have initially. But it seems like every day I'm getting someone from ESPN on the show. Whether it's Dana White today, who has a partnership with ESPN obviously through the UFC, uh, or it's Adam Schefter, or it's whoever, Dan Orlovsky. And I'm not even complaining about these guys themselves. That's not my point. Correct. My point is, is that if you're ESPN, your value here is running all your personalities through Pat's show. Pat's value is getting paid, whatever he's getting paid from ESPN. And now everyone's outraged that uh, he's having to pay guys who are not ESPN talent to come on his show. What did you think it was going to be? Did you think that he was just going to, you know, like 
try to get people on the show for free? Well, no, he's that's getting, not how it works. And he's being paid 50 to $80 million a year by ESPN. Yeah. And he's on all of their shows. So do you really think he gives a damn about paying Aaron Rodgers? Probably. This is a guess. But probably two hundred grand in appearance. He's, probably no. He's paying him two hundred fifty thousand dollars a season to be on his show, and he pays him like they play Edgewood Tahoe together every year at the the Celebrity Golf Championship. Uh, like I, I just this is how the world works now. It, this is not surprising at all. Brandon Butler, what's up, my guy? Uh, Pat and Primer in the same boat with me. I'm seeing them on my TV far too much. There is a burnout factor with with Pat McAfee. Yeah. And that was something that Andrew Marchand at the New York Post talked about today. He's omnipresent on ESPN. He does hits on SportsCenter now. He is on college game day. He is on college game days. A lot of times he stays and does their broadcast. Mm-hmm. He's on their network all fully across their network except radio because Pat didn't want to do radio for them. He is on ESPN three hours fully every single day. They are promoting him. They are running ads for him. They are paying him and his staff and his guests. Like, there's no getting away from it. Yeah, and and I think that what people forget is, like, for ESPN's side of this, the Pat McAfee show and Pat McAfee are two different things. Yes. Right? So the Pat McAfee show has its time slot, but then Pat McAfee is an individual just himself is a talent for ESPN now, which they're going to leverage. One. Yeah, they're going to leverage him highly. And so to me, I, I I think that, yeah. and I said this before the merger happened, you got to be careful not to burn your audience out on one guy. I, it, came out, it came out the other day that Stephen A. Smith and First Take are dominating Undisputed since Shannon Sharp joined that show. And to that, I say, hey, that's great. Because you're, well, the reason is because Undisputed's terrible. And in that time slot, there's not really another option. But have we watched one time? And I think we're pretty representative of the average sports fan. We consume a ton of sports talk every single day. Yeah. Have we ever had on the massive 9,000-inch TV in our studio, have we ever had first take on? Nope. Have we ever had, I, I, I will never watch Undisputed. We've never had it on. Undisputed, it doesn't even cross my mind. Honestly, it doesn't cross my mind to watch Undisputed. I don't even think about it. Like even Colin Cowherd. We don't listen to or watch him anymore. You know what it is? Occasionally used to. It's what you said last time we talked about this. Colin just feels can now. He just feels, it just, it doesn't feel like that's the one thing I do like about Pat's show. At least with Pat's show, love him or hate him. It is organic talk. Like, they do have topics, but at least, hey, it's organic feeling. Like, the Aaron Rodgers interview, as an example, very much feels like two bros talking about whatever they're talking about. It's not like, hey, this is a serious interview. Like, Pat does a great job with that. But is it that there's nothing going on in sports? Because it's been a very slow six, eight, ten months now in sports. Something, Somebody in the NBA needs to go crazy. We need the NBA season to start. Like, we just, there's not a lot going on in sports. And there's a lot of people now who are saying, well, sports has been pretty slow. That's probably why Pat's struggling to, I don't know, assimilate to ESPN or fit in or, because ESPN's taken a lot of blowback. There's Twitter lit up ESPN today when Dana White was on Pat's show cursing left and right. And, 
Pat was, they were joking about it and he cursed back at Dana jokingly. Like people were really upset about that. Yeah. I just think we have too much time on our hands. If we're, if we're concerned about four letter words, which we try not to say on the show and occasionally do, I think if that's our biggest complaint, it is a slow news day. Yeah, it is. There's no question about it, but I don't know. I, I, I can't see paying. Even if we had the money, and I cannot afford to pay an NFL quarterback $250,000 a year, could you see paying somebody $250,000 a football season to come on your show? No, I'd rather put that into my business, upgrade the business. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Mike Smith, I think they pay Saban to be on his show as well. Oh, absolutely. 100%, yeah. Not sure what it makes a difference. Oh, I think it makes a huge difference. He is. He broke the Jalen Milrow news on Pat McAfee's show. Like, Nick Saban... And I'm I'm sure you guys know this. Nick Saban is is going to do something for ESPN all the time. He has a great working relationship with the four letter. He just does. And I think people this is a thing that I, I I will also say, I think people really like Pat. Athletes, actors, entertainers really like Pat McAfee. And I think he's a really likable guy. But I think there's a sect of Americans who are like, why don't you put on a jacket? Put on a shirt. Put on a quarter zip for crying out loud. And I think the the other week when he was calling his tape talk a, a beater, pissed a bunch of people off. Yeah. Doesn't offend me. But hey, Jim R., let's run through some of your comments here before prize picks. Jim R. says, never been on Twitter. Life goes on. Oh, come on. You've never been on Twitter. Is that Congratulations, true? but that's bullshit. Uh, Boss Frog, Monty, I'll pay you $10 to have Salty on the show and spit out his infinite NBA wisdom. Why? Whatever. Why, boss? Why, why poke the Australian bear? So for those of you who, Salty Drunk, is a huge Josh Giddy fan. And I made the mistake of, you know, giving my opinion. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Which, God forbid in this country, if you give your opinion... I gave the opinion that most people in the NBA, I think, agree with me. Austin Rivers is far more Reeves. important. Austin Reeves. I said Rivers. Austin Reeves. Thank you, Jake. Mm -hmm. Stay hard. Austin Reeves <laughs> is far more important to the Lakers than the Australian sensation Josh Giddy and his brofro are to OKC. Hell out of here with that. I don't think Josh Giddy is irreplaceable for the Oklahoma City Thunder and... He has been DMing me about it. He has been talking about it in the group, saying that we should stick to football because we I don't will know. Chain you to a pipe. We don't know. You don't know what you're talking about in the NBA. Yeah, how did you find us? Because we oh. were talking about the NBA. Oh. Right? Like, yeah, you know, we just broke the Rudy Gobert news and we just like we've broken like 20 trades in the last two years, but we don't know anything about the NBA. Do you know what that's like these days? And now Boss Frog's got to show up on the show poking the Australian bear. <laughs> uh, it, would, it, it would be a kangaroo. Thank I'm you. sorry. The Australian crocodile, mate. Yeah, thank you. Well, you got to poke the crocodile, mate. Yeah, thank you. Because he's, he's probably not listening. He, he's not. I'll go on the show for $2. Well, <clears throat> when it's time to talk Porsches, we'll have you on. You know. Well said. Jeff Woodworth, bring Gumby on the show. You could blur his face and disguise his voice. <laughs> You, mm -mm. Free Gumby. We want Gumby. Gumby's not in prison. He's not in prison. Giggity says Josh Middy. Josh Middy. Josh Middy. 
Like instead of like Josh he's Giddy, mid, like he's mid, like Josh Giddy, J- Josh Mitty. Yeah, like he's mid. That's my guy. Yeah, but I, we got to come golf. Are you going to go to a spring training baseball game with us, gig- Giggity, or what? My God. Yeah, come on. He would not meet with us when we were in Phoenix last time. It was like, no, you guys smell. Okay. I Are you tried. out of your goddamn mind? I tried. It's yeah. not about what you try to do. We did meet, and actually, we did, <laughs> we did go to dinner. Uh, Boss Frog, that was total sarcasm. Whew. I could. I was concerned. I was not concerned. Uh, Mike Smith, Boss, I like that idea. At the very least, it would be entertaining. Okay. Uh, Jim R says Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is far more important than the Lakers. And <laughs> Keanu Reeves is more important to the Lakers than Austin Rivers or Doc Rivers, frankly. Yeah, so, I mean, John Wick is a good dude. You know, you know. It, it, <laughs> Shonsky says we fence for Gumby. <laughs> dude, I, it's a we fence. I don't know where Buddy went, dude. Oh, Connor Johnson, beaver emoji. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Brandon Butler, our boy Salty is a rabid koala. Poke the bear at your own risk. Human or non-human? Uh, Ron Nolan, I hear Pat McAfee will be introducing nipples on his show. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go, man. Oh, my God. All right. Prize Picks is the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. Make sure you guys download the Prize Picks app. Use the link in the description below. A, it helps the show. B, you get 100% prize uh, pick deposit matching. So at Prize Picks, all you do is download the app like Boss Frog has not. He refuses because Jake is a Mercedes guy. Well, boss is a Porsche guy. Well, I'm more of a Beamer guy, but it's fine. Same thing. Same thing. No you one's know, counting. It, it is what it, it is. It is what it is. It, it, I'm rolling. You ought to know. You bought it. Just let me roll. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is Jake ruins everything, and he could ruin it if you don't download the Prize Picks app through the link. Don't believe us. <laughs> In the description below. Use the promo code Monty. It gives you 100% deposit matching. So if you put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 more. You put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 more. And frankly, uh, we need the money because I'm terrible at prize picks. I think I've hit it every time. I just, Matt Olson. Why do I keep relying on the Atlanta Braves to help me in prize picks? Because here are my prize picks. And I don't know what I was thinking doing this. I'm sitting here with large regret right now. Why? Well, Patrick Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco, I'm not that worried about. Spencer Strider, 40 or more fantasy points, I'm a little concerned about. Because last time I I bet on Spencer Strider. Against Spencer Strider. Last time I bet against Spencer Strider, (laughs) I lost big. (laughs) Now, that was part of that 14-day streak where I I did not smell a win on prize picks. Right. Since then, (coughs) it's been 37 more days, and I've won once. Okay. So I'm moving in the right direction here. Yeah. Spencer Strider, 40 or more uh, pitcher fantasy points. He has dominated. Yeah, he likes the Phillies a lot. Spence has dominated the Philadelphia Fillers. And I'm going to lie to myself and tell myself that, hey, he's pitching in an elimination game tonight. He's going seven. He's going to have 13 Ks. Like, we're going to roll tonight. Look at Spencer Strider against the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay? Seven starts, 47 innings. An absurd 72 strikeouts in 47 innings against just 10 walks. I said 72 Ks, 10 walks in 40 
seven innings. We get it. You can pitch. I'd also point out that, uh, yeah, he's only given up 10 earned runs and 10 runs total. Dude dominates the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. But because good old Uncle Monty dropped the Monty show curse on him. Hey, Monty. Spencer Strider, you do you let me down tonight, dude. I will rip this quarter zip off and do nothing about it. Uh, Ronald Acuna and Bryce Harper. I just need three hits, runs, or RBIs combined. I feel really good about, feel that good one. about that one. Uh, Ranger Suarez, who's named after a Ford pickup truck, apparently. Uh, I need him to throw less than 17 pitches in the first inning. Versus Atlanta tonight. 17 or less if he no actually it's 16 or less pitches if he throws 17 pitches I lose I lose it <coughs> then in football I've got Travis Kelsey just catch a touchdown dude yeah Trav's gonna catch a touchdown tonight let's go Swelsey catch a touchdown <laughs> I'm so tired of all of the oh Taylor Swift oh my god TMZ yesterday I wanted to track Harvey Levin down and honk my horn at him um, TMZ, I think it was yesterday, had uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend recovering nicely from ankle injury. <laughs> like he's just some dude who tripped and fell on a sidewalk. <laughs> I'm so tired of Swelsey. I need Swelsey to score a touchdown. Pacheco to have 13 receiving yards. In the and, first quarter. No, period. Period? The whole game. Wow. All I need him is 13. I, I tried to convince you. You're like, no, fat ass. That's a terrible one. 13 receiving yards for Pacheco and Patrick Mahomes to throw for 269 yards. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And then there's Jakey two holes on prize picks. Yeah. Tonight. I got a six pack tonight. You took Kyle Schwarber, you son of a biscuit. Yeah. You betrayed me. No, I didn't. Yes, you didn't. How did I? I didn't betray you. I know. Uh, I did not make the Schwarber bet. All you need is one. You just need him to get on base. You need him to hit the ball. Yeah. A walk does not count. He needs to hit the ball and get on base. JT Real Muto, the same. Uh, Spencer Strider to have more than eight strikeouts. Let's go. Yeah. Team Monty is all in on Spencer Strider. It took some cojones to do that one, dude. Patrick Mahomes, 64 and a half passing yards in the first quarter. First quarter. Ooh. One drive. Okay. Will Lutz, five and a half kicking points. Yep. And then Chet Holmgren, the best player on the Oklahoma City Thunder, not from Australia, Mike. It's an erection. Chet Holmgren's just got to put one shrimp on the bobby, Mike. <laughs> See, James, that's for you. I'm trying to speak I, your James, language, James. I almost took Josh Mitty for less than 11 Josh, points. <laughs> <coughs> Salty, I, it is, I am not the one who came up with Josh Mitty, and I will not continue <laughs> to call Josh Giddy Josh Mitty. Oh, I will. I will, too. Ain't no reset. Because <laughs> how do you not? How do you not call him Josh Mitty? Josh Mitty might be one of the best troll names ever. Look at my guy, Greg Hawkins. Strider getting 11 today. Dude, Let's Greg, go. I need, come through, baby. Come through, man. Uh, hey, by the way, are you still looking for a gig? Greg Hawk. We we gotta connect, man. Yeah. We didn't we didn't play around to golf this year because you wouldn't get out of bed. 
Ooh, I have a kid. Ooh, babies. I have responsibilities. Wives, babies, family. No. Golf, you guys know. I don't want to embarrass you guys with how good I am. Guys okay. have swung a club in two months, and you're still going to be better than me. Yeah, probably. Uh, OG Gary, I would not trust Pacheco. Thank you. I feel better now. <laughs> Uh, Mike Smith, Kelsey slipped on uh, Taylor's snail trail. Okay, really? dude. Really? Okay. Come on, man. Uh, Chuck B says, over under on when Dion leaves after Shadour is drafted. He will be at Colorado for five years. Yeah. he. I don't believe that he's going to leave Colorado early. I, I don't see that happening. I truly do not. Uh, Kurt uh, or Jeff Woodworth says, I would pick any Chiefs offensive player over my Broncos D sucks. Well, uh, 100%, dude, what dude. you do in your private time? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, Patty Ice and company should be, should be rolling. What you do in your private time is up to you, sir. Yeah. That was a, that it was, was a joke. I, I get it, dude. Private time and stuff. <laughs> the DMs showing me are wild. Right now, <laughs> dude, our lives are a cartoon. I can't tell you the number of times I get DM'd about Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama, uh, Swelsey. Uh, our old boy Travis Bird, yeah, is taken up now back to DMing the Monty show. Victor's the way about Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Not that any of you can. Travis Bird, the Birdman of Salt Lake City or whatever he was called. Uh, who is a paparazzi. Quite yeah. literally, he's a paparazzi. He used to be on the show, but he pissed off so many people. <laughs> that Jake, no smoke. Jake's like, people were leaving our, our members-only Instagram group, and Jake's like, dude, we it, can't do it. And we kind of have a leadership no, council. We kind of have a leadership council in that members-only group. And so we tested the temperature of the water, and people were like, get him the hell out of here, man. <laughs> and so... He's disappeared. He doesn't comment on the show anymore or anything. He only DMs us. He's like, Victor's the way. He's the best player ever in the world. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Ever. Ever. <laughs> it's like, okay. We get it, bro. That's fine. Uh, Tanner Plummer, is Jake cheating on KD with Chet? <laughs> nah, dude. Dude, that line on Chet's nice, bro. It, it, you're a huge Chet home Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the next Kevin Durant in the league. I fully, I fully agree with that. Yep. You know. Mike Smith says earworm. Okay. Uh, Adam Salamini, prime burnout championship team level coverage for barely bull eligible level team. I'm not getting into it with you, dude. You're a prime hater, and that's fine. That's cool. That's uh, cool. Ron Nolan, I was motorboating the other morning while watching Pat's show when a perfect nipple almost my eye poked out. Well, okay. Ron? I, the cack. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can send somebody to do a wellness check, dude. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> Like, what are we doing? I was motorboating the other morning. I don't really get it. While watching Pat's show when a perfect nipple almost my eye poked out. You know, listen. Uh, uh, you Bro, know, what are you talking we're, about, We're not man? here to judge you. We're simply here to be. Hey, look here, man. We should probably move on. Uh, OG Gary, winter equals Top Golf, but Top Golf is so expensive. I love Top Golf. Love Top Golf. I love their wings. I hit the ball really well there. It looks good on video when you hit the ball well there. But, dude, it's like you're paying 200 bucks every time you go to Top Golf with a group, at yeah. least. At least. Yep. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, Josh Shitty, 
S-C-H-I-D-D-Y. <laughs> S- you can't make it up, dude. You S-C-H. literally. Dude. S-C-H-I-D. Apologize to that man. Dude. Johnny Gonzalez. If, if they don't go to the playoffs this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Mike Smith, nipples in winter are diamond tipped. Okay. I just, I, I, I'm so glad that you guys impart this level of knowledge to me. You know, Jeff Woodworth, a paparazzi in Salt Lake City. Yes, it's oh, huge business. Yeah, and dude. he's good. Uh, Big Daddy Magic, that's a paparazzi god. Like, he will get anybody to say anything you need. John R., or Jim R., John Lynch, best GM. I don't know how you argue that right now. I don't know. We got to talk about this Kirk Cousins thing. Because I do think that Kirk Cousins... Kirk Cousins has to get out of Minnesota this year. I'm not buying it. And, and I dare say in my picks, you know, and Boss Frog is probably going to slap the picks out of my mouth. for. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I do believe... And I am a non-believer, but I do believe Unbelievers. that after this weekend, the Chicago Bears, the Bears. I, can't, I can't say it. Do you believe? I can't. After this weekend, the Chicago Bears, the beloved Dicka, uh, pretty certainly will not be the worst team in the uh, NFC North. Oh, no. I'm taking the Bears to beat the Vikings. Come on. I, n- <laughs> Come on. You're the same Why guy is that so you're crazy? You're the same guy who came out here and piped all the people who were like, oh, yeah, Buddy's going to be an MVP. Well, I'm not Buddy's saying that. Be an MVP. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that they're good, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. I'm not saying the Bears are good. Right. I'm saying the Chicago Bears after this weekend will have beaten a really bad Minnesota Vikings team. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? And Justin Jefferson is hurt. He's not going to play. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, I'm not sure, is going to have hips that are in the sockets I'm once telling you, this game's over. The Bears will find a way to mess it up. They the always do. I hope they do. I, I, I hope they do. I hope they do. James. Gives us $5. I agree with Jake. All right, thanks for the $5. <laughs> I agree with Jake. I agree with Jake. Chet is really good. I'm also a Mercedes guy. Hashtag G-Wagon. Eh, X5M competition. Beg to disagree. I think, and I know it's crazy, but I think after this weekend, Kirk Cousins, you've got to trade him. The trade deadline is Halloween, October 31st. Yeah. You've got to trade Kirk Cousins. And... The reason I bring that up um, is because you look at John Lynch and what he's done with that quarterback room. Trading Trey Lance was a stroke of genius. Right. And I think when you you look at at Brocktober and you look at the way that Sorry, did you say Brocktober? Yeah, the you look at the Brockification of the San Francisco 49ers um, and you realize how Brocktastic they are. That's all I got, dudes. Um, but you also realize that they have Sam Darnold there, and you, you you understand what a good move that was to get Darnold behind Brockatastic. Yeah, they're so brocked up, you know? Yeah, I mean, how are you not? I'm so bricked up right up, now. Brocked up right now. <laughs> you realize that you need quarterback depth in this league. 
But again, I'm just going to ask, who's a good fit for Kirk Cousins? Yeah. There's only a couple. It's stop with the Dallas Cowboys. I got so many tweets in in YouTube comments yesterday. Wow, it's the Dallas Cowboys. <coughs> are you really telling me Kirk Cousins is better than Dak Prescott? And really more to the point, are you telling me that Dak Prescott's the problem with the Cowboys? Because I'm telling you they're not talented. They're not talented. Yeah. And now Leighton Van Der Esch is out. Good luck. You've lost two of your best players in Diggs and Van Der Esch yep. on defense. Micah Parsons is limping around. And you don't have a number one wide receiver. And, and you can you can spin this and we can sit here and we can we can, you know, try to wax poetic about about what CD Lamb is or what CD Lamb is not. But I, I'm just gonna tell you again, it doesn't matter because CD Lamb hasn't performed. Yeah. So if CD Lamb's not gonna perform, I'm just asking you again, what's the point of having him there? Cause you don't I thought Dan Orlovsky on ESPN today made a really good point. They do not use C.D. Lamb like a number one wide receiver, to which I say because he's not. Because he's not. You can say a lot of things about Mike McCarthy. The guy knows how to coordinate offense. C.D. Lamb is not a gifted route runner. C.D. Lamb does not seem to have the mental ability to turn his head on deep routes. So the, oftentimes the ball catches him by surprise. But you tell that dude to run a seven-yard in, he's there every single time. You tell him to run a, a, a comeback at 10 yards, he's there every single time. But they've not found a way to put him on the outside because he's not a number one wide receiver. Right. So are you telling me Kirk Cousins fixes that? Because I'm telling you he doesn't. And the only other place it really seems like a fit for me has the exact same problem Dallas has. They're not talented enough in New England to justify trading for Kirk Cousins instead of having Mac Jones as your one. So you tell me, yeah. is is Tennessee the landing spot for Kirk Cousins? No, they're not good enough. He wouldn't waive his no trade for that. I know I thought he handled the no trade question really well when he said I've got other things to think about. Yeah, just focused on going one or no. I mean, I mean, you know, I look, I, I think that it's all about what you're going to do after you acquire Kirk Cousins because just acquiring him isn't going to fix, you know, the Cowboys' needs or, you know, the Titans' needs or who, whoever, the Jets. Just acquiring him isn't going to fix all your problems. No, it's not. Now, Certain teams are going to go further with just adding Kirk Cousins than others. Like the Jets, I maintain, are still the team that would go the farthest by simply acquiring him and throwing him into the starting role, certainly. But I don't think, I still don't think that's just auto bid into the Super Bowl, certainly. No. Nope. And, and I look at, you know, some of the other teams around. And yeah, I mean, you, you got to be willing to go out there as an owner in the NFL and be a killer. You have to be willing to say, okay. I, I've got a ton liquid. You can't, like, there was a story about Robert Kraft and how he's never going to sell the Patriots, and the Patriots are worth $7 billion. You tell me this guy doesn't have the liquidity to go out and push deeper into the into the luxury tax and everything and, and incur those penalties financially on your on your cap? I, I know you do. So, so it's about whether or not you're willing to go and do that. And nine out of ten owners are not willing to go and do that. So let's stop talking about it being all Dak's fault or all Zachy Poo's fault or whoever you want to blame it on. We need to start talking about the fact that 
you know, you just don't have the right guy in the right position on the right team. It is what it is. Devontae Adams, go ahead. Waste your entire career with the Raiders. Go ahead, please. Try to keep justifying why you should be a Raider instead of being on a better team and utilizing your talent in the playoffs because that's not a playoff team. It's just not. And I don't care who Jimmy G sat behind all those years. They're not gonna they're not gonna do anything this year. And, and and it's really frustrating to look at the Cowboys and be like, oh well, let's talk about CeeDee Lamb. No, let's talk about receivers that are on teams that are terrible that you could go out and try to get. And yeah. it's unfortunate that Jerry Jones isn't trying to go and get more wide receivers today. Jerry Judy of Denver is allegedly available. I'm not saying dude's number one, but I'm saying he's just as good as C.D. Lamb Van is. Jefferson was out there. Like, there's guys out there. Yeah. And I'm not saying Chase Claypool's somebody I'd be excited about, but he was out there. Yeah. Right? Jeff Woodworth says nobody, no one wants that contract for Cousins. It's out. It's over. The contract ends. Minnesota, I, uh, Minnesota, I believe, would pay you to have the $48 million dead cap money. Yeah. That now is less than that. His contract voids after this year. He's a, he's going to be a free agent. Like it, it is, and he did them a solid by converting in his signing bonus to create what was it, sixteen million dollars for them. Like Kirk Cousins is not expensive. There's a not. There's pretty much. It's a matter of need, and I'm telling you, the Jets are still that one team. I could maybe see New England, but is Kirk Cousins going to New England? Probably not. That seems like a beatdown. I I don't think Mac Jones is the issue. I think that Bill Belichick needs to step out of the way there. Yeah. They need a new regime there, and I think we're going to get it. But I don't know. I, I've always found myself for many years being the guy that defends Kirk Cousins. Well, look, he puts up numbers. But but just the same way, like, like we've had arguments to the death over, like, Lamar Jackson's of the world, right? And Lamar's a guy that we all know is not a super capable thrower, but your guy Dan Orlovsky – Sitting here talking about how Lamar's on pace for 4,500 yards, and I think it's like 37 touchdowns, right? Like, nice numbers, right? But what's the difference? Like, Kirk can put up those numbers. Uh, uh, Sex Machine, right? Justin Herbert's putting up those numbers. But they're not winning. Kirk Cousins is consistently a 4,000-yard passer, and what does it mean? Yeah. It means nothing. And, again, look at Baltimore this week. Like, who has the honest to goodness belief that Baltimore, without a doubt, it, it, and I say without a doubt, anything can happen. But if if you if you said that Baltimore went to Tennessee and lost on Monday, if that's what we're talking about, is that really stunning? I don't think it's that stunning. No, I don't think it's that stunning. I think the Bears beating the Vikings is not stunning. Now you want to talk about if the Broncos find a way to beat the Chiefs tonight, they won't. That would be stunning. You want to talk about uh, maybe the Panthers beat the Dolphins in Miami? That'd be stunning. I just I look at I look at the Baltimore Ravens and I just don't think they're that good. Mm-hmm. I look at Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's that good. I would rather have Anthony Richardson over Lamar Jackson. Please don't explode. I, we almost came it's to your blows. opinion. It's the USC thing. It's your opinion. Yeah, I almost had to you know show Jake that I can still throw down. Like Mike Tyson did. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But we had a pretty good debate over Anthony Richardson or Lamar Jackson. Well, you can't take Anthony Richardson because he's hurt again. Yeah. Anyway. Hasn't learned the lesson yet. I could I could go on. Brock around the clock. Yes, sir. 
Uh, James says Dallas needs to beep off their offensive line. That team, the teams that win the Super Bowl have great O lines. They do. And they have elite quarterback play. Hey, I, Dak Prescott is always going to be one of the most polarizing quarterbacks in football. Yeah. He always has been, always will be. And I just don't know that Jerry will, will – when will Jerry move on from him? I don't know. When will Jerry start putting together actual rosters that can compete late in the season? Oh, that's right. Never. Investing in Leighton Van Der Esch will come back to get him. UW fan Jim says, or Dak is not getting anyone the ball. I don't, I don't buy that. The numbers don't say that, dude. I think Dak Prescott, I think Mike McCarthy doesn't like Dak Prescott, and there's nothing he can do about it. And I think he does not trust Dak to throw the ball deep, and CeeDee Lamb is not a, a, a great route runner. And I think it stifles their offense. I think not having Zeke Elliott there is a mistake. Uh, I think Pollard is a, a lovely back, but he's limited in 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 a lot of ways. He's not a great blocker, but then again, in this in this day and age, do you need that? I don't know. Yeah, but they got to find a way to execute offensively, and I don't know that you can do that when you're so limited talent wise. Yep. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, CDs nuts, Lamb. See what CDs see what right. You, see what he did there. Uh, are you saying the Niners are Brock solid? Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. They, they're, there's so many one. Brocktober. Uh, D-Hop is in Tennessee, though. He is. He is. And how long have we been talking about Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is down in Tennessee? They're going to move on. And they never do. And they never do. They never, never do. Because they're not paying a Kirk Cousins level contract. That ain't happening. It'll be interesting to see what they they've tried to replace Tannehill. And- hey, dude, you're talking about you're talking about a franchise that's that's building a new stadium that you know is doing is making a lot of changes. I I am telling you, I, dude, if they were to sign Kirk Cousins, I'd be shocked by that. We'll see. Nothing shocks me in the NFL anymore. I think this is going to be one of the busiest trade deadlines we've ever seen. Uh Geoff, Dak won't be benched. That's a long shot. Even if he is terrible when playing from behind or all the time, I guess, just won't happen. I agree. They won't do it. Uh, Joseph uh, Harper, excuse me. The Raiders should get Cousins because Jimmy G won't make it through the year. We talk about this all the time. All the time. All the time, dude. All the time. All the time. Uh, Let's see. At Hive Golf, talk more about your lounge. You do need a better storefront appeal, though. Great location. Hive golf's pretty good. Hive golf. I'm I, I'm an indoor golf guy in the wintertime. I, I hate that winter's coming. I, I truly do. I it, it and I've never said this in the past. You guys know this. Like I have been a snowboarding guy. I had a terrible crash last year in Tahoe that is messed with me. I, I think that's part of it. And I got back on the board and we rode all last year after Tahoe. That was in February. Um, but it, you know, my wife broke her arm last year, snowboarding too, you know, so maybe that took a little bit of my love, but I'm, I'm sure the second I get back on my snowboard, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But I love golfing more than anything. It's just that I don't want to stop golfing. I'm all the way down to a nine handicap now, dude. Like I'm ready. I want to keep playing. Yeah. And I hate that it's, yeah, I hate, I want it to stay warm. Tanner Plummer, Aaron, what's up? Aaron Wilson's back. 
Uh, James, Kraft paid $172 million for the Patriots. I guarantee he would sell if he was offered $8 billion. I doubt it. I think that's his entire life. Yeah. That is his entire life. Uh, Aaron, Jakey Redholes. Well, everybody has health issues. Uh, Mike Smith, I would like to thank you for ruining my bathroom time with my phone today, by the way. Hey, man. I, I, you know, I, what do you want me to do? You asked me to find a non-sports topic, and I happen to find a really good one. Is it awkward when you're when you are doing the thing in the bathroom? <laughs> you know, when you're offloading the kids, uh, taking the Browns to the Super Bowl, and somebody else walks in, and the, in, in a, there's a bathroom set up here where there's three stalls. Now, I'm also the inhumane person that takes the handicap every stall. time. Because, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, somebody walked in next to me and was just bull rattling for like five <laughs> minutes, got up and left. <clears throat> Didn't even wash their hands. Just got up and left. It's like, okay, time to start pushing. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Butler. Jake, bud, they can't go over the hard cap. It's not the NBA, kiddo. Well, you have, you have, there's ways to massage your cap. There is. There, there are ways, yeah. Alombre says, dang Jerry Jones. I agree. Judy to my Saints. Dude, Jerry Judy is going to be somebody's revelation. Yep. Truth. Uh, Tanner Plummer, yeah, I don't think there's a luxury tax in the NFL, but I might be missing something here. There's not a luxury it's tax. It's not a luxury tax per se. The point is, is dude, stretch his contract out. Lower the yearly number. Fit it into your cap. Convert do bonuses. What you gotta do. You can like, figure it out. Like, Why do you think they pay front office guys so much? I'm well aware there's not a luxury tax system. I get it. I understand. But my point is, is that Jerry Jones and several other owners in the league are not willing to do what they need to do with their front office to accommodate a guy like Kirk Cousins. They're not. And it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, I would agree with that. And I think it is. We'll see. You know what, dudes? I think Jerry Jones will spend any amount of money that he can spend to win. And he just doesn't know what winning is. He doesn't know how to build a roster that wins. Yeah. Greg Hawkins, I got Dak Prescott less than 248.5 against the LAC. Do the Chargers pass rush? Again, the Chicago Bears. Khalil Mack looks pretty fine to me for a guy who couldn't rush the passer anymore wearing a Bears uniform. Don't give me – don't. I, I'm not going to play your stupid little games don't, with the don't Chargers. Do it. What's the number in that game? The Chargers are plus two. How are the Chargers plus two? To That's what I mean. Like, I don't understand. Vegas, you're whack, dude. I don't understand how the – the you have – I give up. I The Chargers are – are the Chargers or Cowboys a better team? Without Leighton Vander Esch and, and Diggs, I'm going to say that the Chargers defense is better. Brandon Staley or Mark McCar Mike uh, McCarthy? Bullet. It's my point. <laughs> so roster-wise, yeah, the Chargers are probably a better team. But dude just can't get over the hump. Well, and I think that you're waiting for, unfortunately, you're waiting for somebody like Quentin Johnson to, to emerge. I think Palmer's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like I, the offense in Sandy, whatever. Justin Herbert deserves better. Agreed. And hopefully at some point he'll be the quarterback of the Cowboys. Yeah, you want to talk about a guy that you put around some better receivers. My God. Yeah. Uh, if I were in New England, I would go after Drake May from North Carolina. 
I don't know what you do with Mac Jones. I, I truly don't know what you do with Mac Jones. Well, the question is, what does Bill, you know, how, how does he see the future of this team? I, I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick doesn't enjoy losing. I, yep. I can tell you that, but it's philosophical. Uh, NFL is a hard salary cap, same as the NHL. Yes. Jesus. He misspoke. Yes, the NFL is a hard cap, but you're also able to convert. You're also too able to renegotiate deals, move money to create space. And this is exactly what we were talking about with Kirk Cousins, who converted a bonus so that they could have $16 million. Like, there's ways to do things. Uh, NBA Commissioner Salty Drunk, been listening longer than 90% of the rest of these jagoffs. Okay. I mean, no, nobody doubts that. <laughs> See, like you, you. <laughs> Salty Drunk is one of those listeners on the show that takes everything personally. Josh Mitty is not as good as Austin Reeves. How dare you? I've been listening to this show since day one. I knew today would be shitty. Listen, I know you've been listening since day one. That doesn't mean that Josh Giddy's better than Austin Reeves. You keep slapping me in the tits and I'm going to leave. Okay. Relax. It's a basketball take, man. Catch me outside. How about that? Nobody's. Woosah, my man. It's sports talk. Who cares? Uh, Jeff Woodworth. Cousins is a great fantasy QB, but not a great team leader. Mm. I think his teammates love him. Big Blue Horses. Cousins is basically Phil Rivers. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, with less kids, though. Uh, Tanner Plummer, the main problem, because Philip Rivers. He's got an army of kids. He's got a whole entire offense. Right. As does A.J. Hawk. The main problem it's people have with Cousins is that they can't win at the biggest stages. But who knows? Maybe eventually he wins in the biggest stages. Yeah. Well, hey. clearly with the Washington Commanders, that was the Commanders. Is he the reason they've lost in Minnesota? Could be. Could be some defense. Are you really telling me? Are you really telling me they don't miss Dalvin Cook in Minnesota? I, I don't know how you don't. TJ Hawkinson, if you're a fantasy player, should probably be the number one wide receiver in the NFL this week. Which is to say, Minnesota, I don't think right now is Kirk Cousins' fault. Because I think he's played well. TJ Hawkinson's his best weapon right now. Let that speak the volumes that it speaks. Yep. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, Houston beating the mighty Mountaineers will, would be stunning. Is Dana Holgerson the first Big 12 coach to get fired? Who's on the hot seat in the Big 12? Uh, like, if you uh, look Dana at... Dana definitely is. If yeah. you look at Neil, he definitely is. Right, Neil, I think... I don't know. You think he's done enough, or you think no. he's still on the hot seat? I think he. I think in the Big 12, Neil Brown is going to get fired. I do. Uh, hour number three of the Monty Show, as always, presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. And again, you guys, I tell you fascinating it is it is so fun to watch my wife go through the tridaytrading.com program um her coach is really great she talks to me about all the things that they talk about and what he's showing her the different models that they teach you how to leverage trades their software their their indicators like they're really good at making money at triday trading and this is again why i tell you if you're the guy that hates your job if you're the one who says, man, I can't believe I'm not making that money. If every year you do your taxes, it pisses you off. If you're the one that looks out the, the window and says, man, Jimmy got another new pickup truck and you're still driving a 76 Pinto. 
If you're the guy that's like, man, why are my kids sharing a room? I wish they had their own rooms. Trydaytrading.com. Stop making excuses about why you're not living the life you want to live and start making the bread you want to live. Build your relationship with yourself by building confidence. That's what happens when you go through the Triday program. You build confidence because you learn and you immediately, within the first day you're in the program, you start seeing, you start seeing how you're going to make money and how much money you're going to make. But that first step requires $10 and a 30-day trial membership. That's all they ask. And that $10 is a charitable donation. And you immediately get connected with a coach. They immediately turn you onto their platform. And you immediately start making trades. And you start seeing what the indicators are. Well, what's their process? What's their software look like? What are their indicators? What is their you know, what, what is the, the way that they trade? What techniques, what thought processes do they use? That's day one, dude. So you immediately, I came home the other night, my wife, this is what it's like at Triday Trading. You make your trades, my wife walked away from it and she's, she's making stuffed acorn squash for dinner. And she's got her laptop in the living room and it's just ding, 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 just making trades, making trades. And she's, she's like, hey, I need to go look at that. Like, you know, stop that trade. Okay. It goes down. Right. And she's like, Oh, got to get in there. Yep. Time to make that trade. All right. Boom. Like it's, it's inside of your lifestyle. It fits your time of day. It's awesome. You guys, it is so much fun. I love it. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Tridaytrading.com. Go get your $10 30 day trial membership at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty show. Whew, what a first two yes. hours, man. What a first two hours. Inspire me. Damn, Philip Rivers does have 10 kids. Yes, what did you think I was kidding? Dude. The guy's got an entire offense. Yeah, man. The cack. I don't, yeah. and, and listen, listen. I don't begrudge dudes, but again today, I was texting with a friend of mine talking about, hey, my brother is, I was listening to your show. My brother's struggling with whether or not to have a fourth child. He doesn't want one. His wife does, dude. I don't know how they do it. I have no idea. How do you have 15 kids? Can you imagine that? Not one or two, 15. Can you imagine? Dude, I would struggle to have like three kids. I'm a, I, I freely admit I am a selfish guy that loves my golf clubs and I love my new car every two years and I love my vacations and I love my wife and I, I can't imagine it. Yeah. I cannot imagine it. Tarrant County, boy. So Mrs. Monty, the real moneymaker. Dude, she's a stud. I tell you guys this all the time. Like, money vampire over here. Dude, Excuse he, me, money vampire? He's the, he's the guy on this show. Mrs. Monty's absolutely a stud. I married way over my head. Uh, not only is she beautiful, smart, intelligent, loving, caring, tossing and turning. Like, she's amazing. She's got a great job, and now she wants to build an empire with Triday Trading. She straight up said to me, hey, um, do you think you can get me into TridayTrading.com? But she asked. I didn't go to her and be like, hey. And she's like, hey, do you, do you what do you need? Hey and now she's doing it. I'm telling you, you, you just have to go and do it. Yes. Because when you start seeing the money roll in, dude, you're like, hey, I'm in. Yep, and it's a ten dollars charitable donation, so it essentially costs you nothing. That's what I always tell people to right? get a thirty day look. Like, like people always say, "Oh, well, dude, how did he get this, or how did how did she get that? Like, how are you affording this lifestyle?" 
People are like, oh, I would never pay this much for that. Well, yeah, because you haven't gotten to that financial level yet where, you know, 50 grand feels like five bucks. It's all proportions. And yep. that's what they teach you. Yep. Uh, Mike Chase says, I adopted five kids. Yeah. And you and your wife are amazing, dude. Like it is. Yeah. You're, you're such a passionate guy about your kids. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I, and I appreciate that. I think there's a difference between procreatorial activity for 10 and adopting five. Mm -hmm. The, the nobility and the courage it takes to adopt five kids is wild. Uh, Ron Nolan. Hey, Monty in Australia. Salty drunk means pissed. True story. Look it up. I don't disagree with you. I'm going to take your word on that. I am going to take your word on that. Maury Alvarez, my guy, what's up? The great Floridian. How's the great state of Florida? I was talking to a dude on uh, DM the other day on Twitter, uh, in Miami, who was trying to convince me to come down and golf at DJ Khaled's golf club. Apparently he has his own or club. I don't know. We the best. So. Yeah, we the best. How you doing, Maury? Philip Rivers has ten, and Zion is going to have a whole basketball team, including the bench, with three year within three years. Yeah, noticed all that uh, porn star side piece stuff got quiet. Yeah, notice he looks amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's no Josh Mitty, but he'll he's do. no Paolo Bancaro, but he'll do. Paolo Bancaro is dominated him. Oof. Philip Rivers getting stroked with all those kids. You're not wrong, dude. I mean, it, it, buddy's doing buddy. It's fine. Jake, play it. You got to get stroked. Thank you. Honestly, I'd start stroking, guys. Uh, Gary, Mrs. Monty doesn't wait 10 little uh, bucked up rugrats to chase after want. Dude, it's, it is wild. And I'm not telling you that having kids is bad, but two is fine. And I say this to everybody. Our, yeah, our friend that was sitting in best. here. But listen, two is fine because I've got two hands. You put a third kid, dude, one of them's going to raise hell because you've only got two hands. And I'm the guy that judges people for putting their kids on leashes. But if you've got like five kids, how come you're not walking a pack of dogs? Because I don't know. I'm serious. How do you how do you do it? I, I am already. I'm already selfish as hell. Right. And I freely admit that. I wasn't even joking. I paid two grand for a set of tires or whatever, 1300 for a set of tires, right? Like, I like nice things. I like Jordans. I like going out to dinner with Mrs. Monty. Like, all the things that get really unaffordable when you have 10 kids. Yeah. It's a calling, dude. Yep. It's a calling. Tarrant County, boy. Philip Schaff, no. Nope. Jim R., LOL, Gary. Hit the, uh, Aaron says, hit the like button, casuals. You guys, we are so close. We are so close to 40,000 subscribers. Uh, we are at 39,490. We're 510 Come away on, from 40,000. Come on. 510 away from 40,000. It is wild. So, yes, please give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button. Give us, there's a heart button in the bottom uh, of the screen. Please hit the heart button and Pick your favorite reaction. That all helps the channel grow. Yes, 100%. That all helps the channel grow. We appreciate you guys doing that. Um, when you hit the like button, it tells YouTube that, um, you know, hey, you like the show. It's a good show. Kick it out to more people. Uh, we appreciate that. Thank you guys for the 100% and the hearts. And 
uh, the, the the celebration. See, so if you hit those emojis, you're not going to get put in timeout. You're okay? not. Let's be clear. You're not. Those are the those are the right emojis. Yes. So that's uh, correct. Thank you for that. Hey, look at our guy LB Seminole gifting five memberships. Appreciate that, LV Seminole. Thank you so much for uh, bringing five new members into the Monty Show clan. Mike Chase, my wife leads and I keep everything in front of me. <laughs> exactly right. Don't let the kids get behind you, Mike. <laughs> Bad things will happen if they get behind you. Yeah, what What are you, uh, what are you Mario Cristobal? How, but how many kids can you handle? Honest to goodness, if you, in your life, how many kids do you want? Two at the max. Two max. What about Two your max. What about your not wife? How many kids does your not wife want? Two max. Two yeah. max. Yeah. So you're gonna have two kids. We'll see. Yeah, I I think what I would like to do is I'd like to have one, and then we'll see. I mean, I everyone's always like, oh, well, if you only have one, they're not gonna have any siblings. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, well, I turned out just fine. No, you didn't. I'm good. We just haven't told you, you haven't turned out. Well, fine. that's your opinion again. USC, right? Anyway, there point is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Two would be my max. I ain't got time for like five. Yeah. Uh, Any Monty had Jake and I and was like, dude, I can't have another one of these. I can barely handle this guy. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but he he you were a really easy kid. You were you were a really easy baby. You were a really easy kid. That's right, T. You 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 became a problem when you <laughs> learned how to talk. That's when like the beating start. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm for real. You were, but you were like a, a really easy kid. I pretty easily think, I think I pretty easily could have had two. Mm-hmm. I just, it was never in my heart to have another one. And Mrs. Monty was adamant. She was like, yeah, no. Nah. She was on the no kids train. She was. And we've talked about it back and forth. And I truly believe that we, neither one of us have regret. Neither one of us have regret. Do you believe? You truly were one of the easiest kids that was around mm-hmm. like you played baseball you 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 were jake is a kid that never wanted to help around the house never wanted to do yard work never wanted to do the dishes barely did his oh, homework no. like yeah those were the issues we had like but you were never like a weed guy or a drinking guy or a you didn't even want to get your driver's license till you were 18 like you mm-hmm. were you were an easy kid to deal with yeah you know, yeah. I just think it's it's very different. You know, I I I, I think yeah, a exactly. Big... No one wants Nick Cannon's life. Yeah. How? Well, well, look, I think there's a big conversation around the life you're able to provide. The you know, kid number three and kid yes. number four. Like, dude, yes. resources only go so far. And I keep trying to tell people this, and nobody seems to give a damn. Dude, the world is getting more expensive, and people just don't seem. They're like, oh yeah, sure, okay. Dude, I'm out here paying 60 bucks for 11 gallons of gas, dude. Like, it's not, like, it's different now. And, and I look at, and this is probably way too much, um, but I will generically say, I look at what's going on around the world, dude. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I, dude. I mean, raising kids is hard enough. Yeah. Mm. It, it's just, I, I, that's why I always say, man, I love, as, as men, I love you so much for having kids because I think it's a real, it's a job, dude. It is a job. And kids make relationships a lot of times harder. Disciplining your kids, financially supporting your kids. It it, it is not easy to do. Yeah. 
And so as men, I think we, we have, we, we have to do a good job. You can't, there's no, well, all right, I'll get him next time. There is no next time. Yeah. And for me, when I think about it, I, I, I think about like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to have a, have a kid that I can't give a, a good life to. I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I will spoil my kid inevitably, but I'm not. I'm saying that I don't want to bring someone into this world that I can't provide comfortability to. The last thing I'd want to do is bring someone into the world who is going to struggle and have like I don't want to do that. Yes. I want to get to a good position in life where I'm like, okay, yeah, did I, I didn't have you when I was 20, so I'm going to be older. Absolutely, but I'd rather be older and give you a good life than be younger and struggle. Yep. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, I have one of each. Nice. G off. We have two special needs kids. It's a lot of work, but super rewarding considering a third. Wow. Dude, I I, I love that. I mean, it, it you, is. You're doing omens work, bro. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it is. It's you When you have special needs kids, it, it, the challenges are can be really overwhelming. And I, I have a lot of respect for that. That perspective, man. How many times do I have to say, like, perspective makes the world go round? Yeah. If you have good perspective or if you have the right perspective or whatever it is, that positivity and having a, an attitude of an attitude of gratitude it's makes not such a huge to, difference. I get to. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a lot in that. And there's it's not a whole easy to that. have that perspective, but I think if you work hard, it, it becomes easier. Uh, John and Gonzalez, try for the first kid and have a litter like Octomom. Oh, my God. Nah, dude. Octo you guys remember Octomom? Good Lord. Bob Smith, Jake's kid will be named Jake Jr. In and Equinimius. Uh, okay. Okay. LV Seminole, whoa, Jake thinks he's fine? Just kidding. Side note, I pity my parents. I was a pain in the ass. Oh, I'm sure I was a pain in the ass as well. There's no doubt. Jeff, making kids is fun. It is. <laughs> making kids part is the best part of being a parent. Uh, Tarrant County, Mrs. Monty in the chat. Oh, is she really? I did not know that. I did not see her. Uh, Tanner Plummer, I feel like almost every kid growing up didn't want to help around the house. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I never did. Because we're, we're, when you're 10, you don't have perspective. If you take five minutes and clean your room, it's over. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, raising kids is hell, but uh, sometimes, sometimes I don't believe the rewards that I had as a parent, I can vividly remember sitting, watching Jake pitch and saying, man, I hope this just never ends. Like every time I watched Jake pitch, I had a lot of gratitude because I always thought to myself, man, one day I'm going to be like, man, I wish Jake was pitching today. And I've thought about that. Um, it's what we, when we're playing golf and I'm losing my shit because I'm playing terrible golf. It's, it's like, well, dude, Hey, you're playing golf with your kid, man. This is, this is, there's a lot of people who, who are digging ditches right now. <laughs> like, yeah. like perspective is everything. Yeah. Uh, Tanner, anyone here believe the overpopulation is a thing? Oh, there's no doubt. It's a thing. Overpopulation's a thing and aging population is a thing. So we created so many kids in a certain window, so many people, I should say, in a certain window that now a lot of people aren't trying to have kids. A lot of people are focused on their career and self-success, which I don't have a personal problem with. I don't think that's – I don't have a problem but with it. You, you, I think this is a conversation for women as well because I think women have a very – a much different experience. Yeah. Um, and I think it's far more difficult 
uh, to, I think it's far more difficult for women to be like, yeah, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Uh, you know, I can just wait. It's fine. Well, then you all of a sudden you're like 45 and you're like, oh, wait, can't wait anymore. Oh, damn, I can't wait anymore. Mm -hmm. And then for men, I mean, go the Bobby D route, right? Like we can, you can have a kid when you're 80. I'm not telling you that's the right thing to do. I think it's incredibly irresponsible. Yeah. But the clock, you're not on the clock as a man. You're on the clock as a woman. NBA commissioner, salty drunk, keep stepping on the little people on the way to the top. I don't understand what that means, dude. Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? Uh, Delaric, you can go the George Foreman route and have 10 kids named after yourself. Yeah. I would never name my kid after myself. George Jetta, George 1 through 10. Gary Wolf, baby two holes was a primo kid until he had to take the flute toting band dork to prom. Your prom dates were okay. I mean, yeah. You had fun at proms. I mean, yeah. Had a good time. You know, you know. You, you, you never had any crazy women you went to prom with. No. Uh, Parent County boy, his house shouldn't be named Georgetown. Seriously. Jeff said, I had my first at 27. I like it. Robert Fowler, twins, one of each, just started school this year. Thank God. Wow. Yeah. Man, way to go, dude. I think I'd probably have a different perspective on kids and the timeline with kids if I just had like a salary job. If I was just doing, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying not that at all. when you start growing, like when you go into business for yourself and you're on that grind, like you're not thinking about anything except, hey, I'm trying to as fast as possible and as fast as possible is probably five years, but as fast as possible getting this business into a place where we don't have to think about the bank account anymore, where we don't have to think about survival. We can start thinking about, okay, we're in a good place. How do we continue to grow and do those things? Yeah. Cause that's, that's the truth of it. Like, dude, if I was still in sales or whatever, and we were just doing our own thing or, you know, whatever, just living a, a, a quote unquote normal life or whatever, a more traditional path. Yeah. Kids yeah. probably would have been on the horizon a little sooner. Life would look a little different, but Again, that's why I say, like, everyone's path is different. I, you're never going to catch me having 10 kids. That's not happening. No. I can tell you right now. Mike Chase, three of my kids are special needs. Man, I, 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 that's, there are so many challenges in that. It, I, man, I, that, I think nine out of ten of us will never understand that lifestyle. Yeah. Because we don't have to live it. We don't. Uh, Brandon Butler, I'm a single dad of two special needs kids. Uh, I had to give up just about everything for them, but it's the best thing I ever did. It, yeah. it usually is. With all those kids, you better start selling inventions left and right. Seriously, George bro. MH5, what's up, MH5? Good to see you. Uh, hey, Monty, El Pacino is 83, and welcome to New Baby Into the World. You're never too old to have another one. Yeah, we talked about that. I, I, just, I agree I with you. I think it's horrible. Yeah, I think it's irresponsible because you're never – I mean, you're bringing someone into the world who doesn't have the figures in their life to guide them when they need that guidance. Let's say Al Pacino lives 20 more years. Which is highly unlikely. His kid's going to be in college and their parent, his parent, his dad is going to die or be dead. It's brutal. OG Gary, all right, y'all. See you tomorrow morning at 8. See you tomorrow, man. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Don't forget tomorrow morning, uh, 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. Uh, on the show live tomorrow. James, three daughters, all of them are grown. Being 50 is really good. Yes, it is. Yeah. 50 never looks so good. I do enjoy watching golf tournaments when really good golfers hit balls. Into the <laughs> I truly enjoy that. I, I truly enjoy that. 
Uh, overpopulation is a myth. Everyone else but white people in Philip Rivers having large families. <laughs> wow. Uh, Greg Hawkins, who has children. I think you have two kids, right? Uh, I was on the no kids train until I had kids. Kids change your life. It's the best. They do. I was, I was 20, playing baseball, working in radio, and waiting tables when I had my first and only. And I am you. It immediately. I'll never forget the moment. Like when my when Jake was born, the first time you hold your kid, it completely changes your life, and your perspective, and your goals, and your dreams, and all of that. I'm looking forward to having a kid. Kaufman says, as you should. Guys, guys, guys. That prom thing was a reference to American Pie. Oh, was it really? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, NBA commissioner says Jake is disrespectful. What did he do now, dude? You're always so serious. Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? Ron Nolan, uh, overpopulation's not a thing. Have you checked out how damn big this planet is? Yeah, but we don't have resources. We don't have water. We don't have power. We don't have... It's not about square footage, man. It's not about square footage. It's about the ability to be healthy. It's about food supplies. It's about not killing each other. You look at what's going on around the world. I mean... It, it, that's not how that's not living your life Robert Fowler and on top of that the missus was 40 when she had them that was a tough conversation and decision to make yes it is yes yes it is uh short memories guy I salty sometimes I just don't understand what you're unhappy about dude nobody disrespected you nobody dislikes you like you're one of our dudes there's no reason to like be upset or you know uh at ask Experts estimate the earth will reach a peak population in 100 to 200 years and then contract and find equilibrium. Well, I'm glad I won't be here for that. MH5, I think Al's baby mama is banking on him not living another 20 years. I'm a man. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, All right. Ooh. Seriously, like I don't even know how we got there. I don't know either. I don't know how we got there. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Are we not done? <laughs> no, I was going to get, we haven't even done the Skittles story okay, yet. Okay, great. Go. I thought, it sounded like you were into the show. Did you have it, to pee? No. Okay, I'm fine. You always end the show with The Advocates. No, it's 530. We have to uh, tell everybody The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Um, speaking of kids, you guys, I, I, I'm imploring you. We've only probably got another week to do this. The advocates are working with the Road Home, one of the foremost homeless advocacy groups in the country, uh, to provide young kids with Halloween costumes. And I'm just asking you for a dollar, five dollars. It it all adds up. If you have a minute, please. There is the advocates memo on the screen. Um, and I'm asking you please to donate whatever you can donate. Because it, it's just so hard for me to imagine, you know, they say that homeless kids are bullied at a much higher rate than non-homeless kids because they don't look great. They don't have the nicest things. They don't shower every day. Um, a lot of kids that live in cars and houses and boxes or on the street have issues. They're not, they don't develop the way that most kids do. They don't have the social skills that, the skills that a lot of kids do. They have a lot of challenges already. So when Halloween comes around and, and holidays like Halloween and they don't have a costume or the money to procure one, 
and they're walking around trick-or-treating without a, a costume, I mean, it just adds to their misery. So if we can spend five minutes to give a homeless kid two hours of joy, let's do that. You know, we, we, we're big believers in it. It's why we love the advocates and being partnered with the advocates. They're great partners. They care about the community beyond the fact they're amazing attorneys. But you look at stuff like this, please Venmo them a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars. If it's in your heart, if it's in your pocket, consider it. I, I implore you because if we can just help one kid, let alone a hundred homeless kids, because there's so many of them in the world, let's do that. Let's give a homeless kid an opportunity to have a normal day a normal two hours, something to get excited about, something to look forward to. That's what we want to do. Advocates on Venmo are the uh, are Advocates Donations. Their Venmo address is Advocates Donations uh, at Venmo. In the uh, notes section, please put Homeless Kids. You can, if you want to be a true star, put The Monty Show, Homeless Kids. That would be fantastic. That money goes right to the road home to provide uh, costumes, for uh, homeless kids on Halloween. Uh, Let me rerun the headlines uh, before we uh, talk about Skittles killing you. Uh, The Pac-12 is heading for um, a settlement. We are told that uh, the Pac-12 negotiations are in fact advancing. You know that Oregon State and Washington State, the Pac-2, have been locked in a battle with the 10 exiting members of the Pac-12. Uh, there is a court case pending. The PAC-2 have a uh, injunction in place to prevent the 10 exiting members from meeting to dissolve the conference. Um, and they are essentially fighting over $60 million in NCAA tournament units, which is about $60 million in revenue uh, from NCAA tournament participation. And the argument comes down to this idea that when you – Uh, announce that you are leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, you no longer have the vote or the right to have a say in what happens in in the conference. And now it does, in fact, look like that is the case because George Klyovkov, um has done what a lot of people believe is put the Pac-2 in a position to win this lawsuit This is from um, John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News. Uh, In sworn testimony, George Klyovkov said, hey, we removed USC and UCLA when they notified us that they were leaving the conference in 2024. And in the San Jose Mercury News, John Wilner wrote the conference used the same policy with Colorado on July 27th. When Phil DiStefano, the uh, chancellor at Colorado, notified George Klyovkov that the Buffs were leaving, the next day, Pac-12 General Counsel sent Colorado uh, a letter saying, quote, Chancellor DiStefano provided written notice to of withdrawal from the Pac-12 to Commissioner Klyovkov under Section CB23 of the Pac-12's Constitution and Bylaws Chancellor DiStefano and CU representation on the Pac-12 Board of Directors automatically ceases effective immediately, and CU no longer has the right to vote on any matter before the board. A lot of people used two words to describe what Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov did for the conference, and the conference being the Pac-2. Those two words were checkmate. It's over. And I have to agree, as we've reported For several weeks now, the bylaws 
the contracts and the rules and regs in those bylaws and contracts specifically say when you provide notice that you're leaving the conference, you are off the board of directors, which is why there are 10 universities that don't have a say in the Pac-12 right now and two that do. And Jake, I think the two that do have all the leverage here. Yeah, and, and I think the only thing that that even you know m- you know takes away from that leverage even at all is just the the time crunch, if you will, that the Pac two are on. They obviously don't want to drag this out. They obviously don't want to to to. They don't want to necessarily go to court and have some six month legal debate when they're trying to get to the business of scheduling and getting their sports back going again and like all you know just all the the business side of running an athletic department and and so to me it is true yes it is technically by the bylaws and everything what we just read to you yeah technically it's checkmate but nothing is ever checkmate in the real world if you're living on paper it's checkmate but the difference is is that in this situation the pack two if you will don't want to drag this out and the 10 who left know that and so what does that create well it creates this environment where the two of them are going to negotiate together to try to settle this thing before their first court date gets here and the only question that i see that's at hand here is how you know how married or committed are either side to what they want right M- mostly being that 60 million dollars yes because if you're like if you're the 10 who left and you're steadfast that all 10 have to get their full share of that money. Yeah. This thing's going to drag on for a long time and 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 it's going to put the pack 2 or the two remaining in a position where that's going to you know make them feel like hey, you're really backing us into a corner here. You're forcing us to go to court. And we're going to lay the hammer down which is the bylaws. So I highly doubt the 10 who left are like, "Hey, we all have to get our full share." I'm guessing, and based on what we've been told, they're making progress. That the ten who left are 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 just trying to get something worked out that works for both sides. I think it's twenty five cents on the dollar, and it's an equitable share for all ten members. Yeah, and I think that is what it is because the other part of this today is that we found out that the Comcast money, as we've been telling you for months, is not a factor. Because Comcast has stopped paying the Pac-12, and by the time the fiscal year, which is the business year, comes to an end, Comcast will have been made whole for the overpayment of the $72 million. Not an issue. The issue here is the $60 million in NCAA tournament units and the assets and the brand of the Pac-12. And I think lock, stock, and barrel, that belongs to Oregon State and Washington State. And we've also been told, and I've been telling you this for a month now, that the Pac-2 and the Mountain West have a f- working framework with the Mountain West and the Pac-2 uh, to merge and move forward. And I think that's why there has been a lot of people have described a sense of calm and a sense of confidence with the Pac-2. And I, I think it makes perfect sense. Um, I think that's the biggest story of the day, no doubt. Don't forget Thursday Night Football tonight, Broncos and Chiefs, minus 10 and a half. Uh, for the Chiefs, 47's the number. I think it has to go over the 47. It has to. Because i got to believe the Chiefs are going to score at least four touchdowns here. Uh, 8-15 on Amazon Prime Video. I, I mean, I think the Chiefs win cover and this goes over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would guess that, you know, Swelsey's playing, so I would guess that, that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a nice night. I would expect this offense to get going a little bit. I still feel like, you know, through this season, the way this has gone on, 
obviously with Travis missing that game, like I, I, I they've just been kind of inconsistent on offense. I would right? agree. They're, they're scoring points, but they're not that same dominant. Move it down the field, however we want offense. And and obviously, you know Tyreek's been gone for a minute, but I still feel like they haven't really recovered from that. You're still not quite that same potent offense. And Travis Kelsey is a damn good tight end. Obviously one of the best in the league. But we're figuring out quickly, whether it's the Chiefs or Dallas or whoever you want to point to, having one guy is not enough. You need that secondary threat to be able to manipulate the defense. So the only question is going to be, you know, can the likes of Isaiah Pacheco move it along tonight? Can Let's can so. can the secondary guy show up tonight? Because if that happens, they're going to have a nice night, and I agree. You're scoring at least 30 in this game, as you should. And then you're not going to eat Skittles because they're banned in California. Uh, and finally, big old Mongomani done told you, boy. I told you. Yeah. Skittles is killing you. Because Skittles it's garbage. is killing you. And I Skittles love Skittles. killing you. Now, I haven't Skittles. had Skittles in I don't know how Skittles long. are killing you. I haven't had and Skittles you, in so long. And you, and you, and you, Marshawn Lynch be damned. Skittles have what some people call carcinogens in them. They have ingredients in them that cause cancer. So countries, and now California, have banned Skittles. And I would agree. There was nothing like playing wiffle ball with a big cheek of chaw made up of Skittles when you 100%, were 100%, dude. Right? It's the nothing best. Nothing like best. it. But now we know that it, it may cause cancer because they basically have carcinogens in them. Yeah, and a lot of that lies in the dye they use to change the color of the candy. And <laughs> and and it's unfortunate because I have to agree. Skittles, uh, as a kid, more so than now. Starburst. Uh, Starburst. I love Starburst. But all that dye. Um, all Red that, dye number 69, yeah, bitches. Right? Like, it, I mean, no. it's just you know that candy's not good for you. And it is what it is. We're all still going to eat it. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get carried away. Snickers bars, they're good. For, I mean, they help you lose weight. Um, no, they don't. Uh, they, spike um, your, they spike your blood sugar. They're full of sugar and things you don't need in your body. What could go wrong? <laughs> right? Especially when you get the two-piece Snickers bar. I mean, you're living right, life the right way. You know. Now, Skittles are terrible for you. And I'm telling you, Starburst aren't better. Snickers? Come on. White chocolate, Reese's peanut butter pumpkins? Hell yeah. Come on. Come on. Come those on. those will put you in perfect health. Said no one ever. Ever. <coughs> Never. <coughs> Confection peanut butter is the, Awful is for the you. devil's poop. I'm telling you it's right now. It's the devil's poop. I, it's worse than olives. And olives are, are if, if olives are Satan's giblets... Do not tell me that confection peanut butter ain't his poop. I'm telling you now, it's worse than taking your phone into the, the pot, which Jake says is killing your butt. Yeah, it is. What's your favorite candy? Mm. Confection peanut butter. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. You know, I love me a good Reese's pumpkin. I will never say no to that. I love me a good peanut butter Snickers bar. White chocolate pumpkin or milk chocolate? White chocolate. I absolutely hundred percent white chocolate. All day long, dude. All day long, dude. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. It is by far my favorite. And every time I eat it, I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have eaten that, but man, it was good. Oh, it's so good. Every single time. 
Every white chocolate, white chocolate snick, uh, white chocolate Reese's anything. Uh, I just can't. Yeah. Mm. Tarrant County boy. Oh yeah, a hot dog a day, a day less of your life. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got to lose besides days on your life? There's a there's a place by our by our studio that's called Beef on a Stick, and they and they do hot <laughs> dogs and corn dogs and stuff. Sorry, and I'm like, just... dude. Bro, that's not good for you, bro. <laughs> See, like, I don't eat that stuff anymore. Yeah. I, I could honestly say, do I have Snickers bars? Yes. Abs- I don't drink soda. It's why I drink Bucked Up. They have no sugar in their energy drinks. Like, they have good ingredients that help you. Like, I, I do a lot of that. I Mrs. Monty is cramming fruit down my pie hole as I walk out the door. I eat an apple every day now. We get these table to, farm-to-table boxes. Awesome. I don't eat steak, but maybe one or one or two times a year. Mm-hmm. My vice is French fries and Snickers bars. Well, in the last time you went and had steak, you didn't even do a strip. You did no, a fillet, right? I did a fillet, small fillet. Yeah, petite fillet. Yeah. yeah. I might have French fries once, twice a month. I may have a Snickers bar a week. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I don't eat much bread, although, by the way, I have a, a whole roll of sourdough for you <sighs> in my car. Mrs. Yes. Ma- Again, these these farm to table boxes come with these beautiful loaves of sourdough I bread. I love sourdough, oh, dude. My, my wife made this vegan chili, and I just want to cut open the top of okay. a sourdough loaf and pour the chili on there. Okay, we need to talk about this real quick. So there's chili, right? But then there's vegan chili made by someone who pretty much, for the most part, is not vegan but vegetarian. And I have She's to say, stud, it's next dude. level, dude. Last week, she calls us. She's like, hey, guys, need you to stop by the store to get some cumin. I'm like, okay, you're legit. You you need cumin. Right? Like, she knows how to cook, man. Mrs. Monty, you guys, I don't even joke. I'm not even being sarcastic. I am as genuine as I can be 100%. She is the better part of me. She makes great food. She makes that vegan chili. She makes these stuffed... Um, squashes these acorn squashes these she makes all this stuff that's amazing yeah it it, she made these massive corn on the cobs last week that were roasted and she poured seasoning on there again if you don't have by the way if you don't have a smoker man tis the season bro jump on it smoked corn on the cob is just a real quick in the comments because then we got to roll favorite 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 candy now I'm gonna mine's easily Snickers and Swedish Fish. My wife, we went to Maverick the other day, and I I was needing. You know how the, you just know you need a a, 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 a not a rush, but yeah, you, you need, need like a bump. You need that, yeah, right. So you, you get yourself a Snickers bar or some chips or something. So I got myself. A, I really wanted Swedish fish. And she's like, no, you're not doing that. Get yourself. I got myself a Snickers bar. I went in the cooler and grabbed, grabbed me a bucked up. Got a, got a Snickers bar. And I felt great. But she's like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Yeah. And she's right. I, I, I didn't do it. Uh, all right. Main event says uh, payday. Okay. Cougar tracks. Lettuce, cheese, pickles, and sesame seed bun. That would be McDonald's, I believe. That's not good. Uh, Tarrant County boy, tofu chili? Really? No, not tofu chili. Nah, dude, you don't need tofu to be a vegetarian, bro. Vegan chili is the devil. It's so good. I'm a huge. I got to. I love beans. Black beans, pinto beans. So good. I love them. Uh, tofu is highly underrated if prepared properly. Yes, it is. 
I would agree with that. Kaufman says Butterfingers. Kaufman, where you been, dude? Yeah, Butterfingers are great. I don't mind Butterfingers. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez. Brush that melted butter on that toasted corn. Oh, Roasted dude, corn. just so good. get to me. Uh, Tarrant County, boy. Reese's Quando Twix and Kit Kat. Do they make a combo of that? Is that what you mean? Uh, Tanner Plummer, my new favorite candy is Built Bar. I cannot do normal candy anymore. Dude, I've been telling you guys, Built Bar Puffs, they're candy. I mean, please. They're so good. Uh, Gary Wolf, Baby Ruth. Uh, Cougar Tracks, Reese's Pieces. I can't do it anymore. Mike and Ike's and Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces, combo. but they, they upset my stomach now. That yeah. I don't know why, but they just do. Watch them call it. Hail. Yeah. Watch them call it is really good. Uh, Tarrant County Boy, Reese's Cup. Yes. Uh, guys, you need to move to Texas. Brisket sandwich from Bucky's are fantastic and easy to pick up on the way home from work. I love brisket. Should do that on uh, since today's National Pulled Pork Day. Is it really? Yeah. What's your favorite meat? Steak. For sure. A well-prepared New York strip is goaded. All right. If you're going to put meat on a sando. Meat on a sando, I'm probably going a nice... I'm not a huge shredded pork chicken guy. I mean, You're I, not. I, I can do it once in a while. I, I, I thought will, you were. Well, I mean, it's good. But if I'm just making it myself, like I, I do it all the time. So I'll go to the store. I'll get some chicken breast. Okay. I'll fillet the chicken breast, mm-hmm. pan fry the chicken breast. And mm-hmm. then from there, the world's your oyster. I mean, you want to you dice it. You want to just put it on the sando. You want to have it on a salad. Like a million different ways. So on a sando, yeah, I'm probably... Yeah, I mean, I would I would do some pork, but it's not my first choice. I'd probably go with chicken because I don't I don't eat steak regularly. By the way, quick update in the Shriners Children's Open: Lexi Thompson is plus two, tied for ninety fourth. So currently, she will not make the cut. Mm-hmm. So she will be playing early tomorrow. We'll keep you up to date on that one. Um, and I think it, if I'm eating a sandwich, it's all shredded barbecue chicken. That, again, it's tough to beat. I'm not uh, saying I don't like it. I'm just saying that it takes a while to prepare that. Yep. Turkey chili or chicken chili? Turkey chili. Yeah. Ground turkey chili is bomb. Ron Nolan, Heath Bar. It's the best, but has fallen off the chart. Absolutely. Oh, nerds were so good, Davis. Oh, and my Tell God. me nerds doesn't have that same Skittles issue. It does. Mike Chase, baby Ruths are great. Yes, baby Ruth. Favorite candy? Snickers. There's no substitute. That's my dude. Uh, planting wheat or trying to, uh, okay. Three Musketeers. Mm. I used to love them. Uh, Atlanta Philly coming up. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Yes. All right. Now I have to go tomorrow morning, seven Pacific, 10 Eastern, the Monty show live on your YouTube machine. If not catch the replay, you guys, I love you. I love every one of you. That's why I'm telling you, get to uh, TridayTraining.com slash Monty. $10, 30-day trial membership, and you're going to fall in love. Till tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.